Hi. Hi. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. feeling pretty good I actually this is perfect timing I had the weirdest experience this morning although I think that it's supposed to be I'm calling it a weird experience but I think that most women should call it a beautiful experience but you know what we're gonna go with weird (laughs) (laughs) I was laying in bed this morning Mm -hmm. and I looked down at my like my abdomen and I could see the baby like kicking pushing out yeah like I could see him like pushing on my abdomen so I could see like a bulge like I'm only 23 weeks, wow. but he's actually like, he's measuring ahead for height. So, well, you guys for are length. tall. You guys are yeah, tall. That's true. At, at my ultrasound, the lady, I was like, he seems long. And she was like, well, you're tall. Is your husband tall? I was like, yeah. yeah he's she a was like, then why would... <laughs> yeah. He's much taller than me. She's like, well, then why would your baby be short? Like me? She was like five feet tall. I was like, okay. You have a point. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, Never you guys mind. are tall guys. You guys are tall guys for sure. So yeah. yeah, I don't, you know, I don't envy your vagina and what it's going to experience. What with the fact that you're a tall guy, but we'll see. <laughs> we had a family barbecue over the weekend. Yeah, and Mark's dad goes inside for like two seconds, and then Mark, we're sitting there with just like this is the end of the night. We're sitting there with just Mark's parents. Mark's dad goes inside. Mark looks directly at his mom and is like pretty scared of labor. I'm like, wow, yeah, yes, I am. Of course, I'm scared of labor. Of course, you are. This baby has to come out of me, and I don't I want know. that to happen. But it seems like millions and millions and millions of women over thousands and thousands of years have been able to do it. Yes. And survive. And every woman says the same thing. Now, this is from somebody. I am not a mother. I don't know anything about this. I just know friends and my mother herself. You know, they say the same thing. They always say, you forget. You forget the pain. I keep hearing that. (laughs) So... In the moment, you're experiencing it, but I'm supposed to forget it. So somehow that's supposed to be better. So hopefully. Well, it's better that you're prepared. You seem like a very practical woman. You probably want to know the nitty gritty, the details and the truth. And the person I found out a lot from actually is Greg's sister, Irene or Ren, as people call her. Yeah. She's very open about the horrors of childbirth and math and all the crap (laughs) that comes along with it. I found out things that I had no idea. I was like, I was like, and whatever age I was when I knew that from her, like, I mean, as I said, I'm not a mother. I I don't know these things. So I was like, wow, (laughs) you got to really want this kid to go. Good to know. (laughs) Honestly, I appreciate when people are blunt and honest about it rather than being like, pregnancy is such a beautiful thing. No, everything is perfect. So when I was puking in my first trimester, no like screw all those women (laughs) there's no time for that crap you need realism i want the truth tell me what's going to happen exactly tell me the absolute worst possible thing you know exactly then i can gauge my situation and be like you know what 
It's not that bad. It could be worse. <laughs> Doing great. Exactly. Listen. Oh boy. It's like I always joke around about the first birthday party and how it's not really for the kid. It's for the parents to to celebrate not killing the child in the first year. A hundred percent. Like my kid's not dead. I, he survived a whole year. Like it's one of those things. Right. But um, this is a similar thing where you're, you're doing fine. Everything's in the right place. And yes, yes. Good. <laughs> it's funny that you say that my coworker was telling me uh, um, that she's reading a book. And it's, I don't know, I don't even know what kind of book it is, to be honest, but she said that there was one part in this book, the book was okay, but one part, the real takeaway from this whole book, the, it, this lady said, I'm a mother. The first year of a baby's life, you have two, two things that you need to look after. And if those two things don't meet your list, or if anything doesn't meet your list of these two things, then it's not important. Number one, keep the baby alive. Number two, keep yourself alive. <laughs> exactly it's like well I don't know if you know this about me but I'm a person who doesn't drink I don't drink alcohol okay and I'm a sober person I have been for almost 15 years and oh wow that, I didn't know that about you well revelations Here learning we go. so much this is uh this is our the part of the podcast where we're like revelations we're like <laughs> finding out things about each other I love it but the first year of sobriety is very much like the, they call it the pink cloud and like you're it's like a whole other experience than all the other years of sobriety <laughs> because it's like new and like holy cow there's all this stuff happening but I think that's probably like yeah I think she's right stay alive yes just stay alive 100 you know? I, I feel like that applies to a lot of things yeah <laughs> like first year of COVID stay alive stay alive <laughs> Nothing else matters. Just stay alive. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I got groceries today and I felt so bad. I filled up my arms like because I am a person who is like, this is a one trip grocery store. Like I'm bring, I'm, I will not go back to the car. All the groceries are coming up with me and or they or they go rotten. So I loaded my arms up. <laughs> What do you mean? From the cart to your home? What do you mean? No, like I drove, so because we live in a condo, so I drive down into the parking garage, I park my car, and then I'm like, that's it. Like, this is a one, one trip grocery trip. So I'm bringing all the groceries up to the condo, and it's going to happen in one trip. I failed miserably. I did have to go down for a second trip, but still, my arms were full. Yeah. And then I realized I didn't have my mask on. You had to put so them up down. So I was like... <laughs> well maybe I won't run into anyone and then I did run of into course, someone like five people show up right <laughs> yeah and I'm just like I'm so sorry I don't have my mask <laughs> fortunately it was a nice lady that I ran the, the first lady I ran into was very nice uh -huh. I was able to skip past the other people because the elevator was full of two people so you're not allowed more mm. so you just keep going mm. but yeah, I heard somebody call that the lazy man's load where you want to take everything at once, but I don't call it the lazy man's load. That's like efficiency. Yes. If I, if I can take it all in one trip, I will. Because I'm like, you know, I'm also, I'm not as tall as you, but I'm a big guy. Like I'm a strong guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do not, yoga. You do like boxing. Yes. You've got so muscles. I've got muscles. And if I can carry it, I will, you know. Yeah. 
I don't have time for that going back for a second trip. Greg will no. dilly dally all day and it's he just loves dilly dallying. <laughs> so he'll make many trips and talk to the neighbors and park the car and do all kinds of things that are just fun for him, you know? Me, I, don't, I just need to get home, get going, yeah. I got stuff to do. <laughs> well, that's the other point. Like if you make multiple trips, then you got caught in a situation where maybe you're having to talk to a neighbor. Oh God, that's the last like, thing I want to do. Same. It's Greg's. Greg's like loves that. He loves it. Talking to the neighbors. He's the friendly guy on the street. Everybody. And I'm like the bitch who lives with him, basically. <laughs> Nobody talks to me, but everybody talks to Greg because they're like, oh, don't talk to her. I'm very unapproachable. You'd be surprised. I, that does surprise me because I think you're very approachable. But no, it's so funny. <laughs> Maybe just different environments like. I don't know. I my parking neighbor in the condo. She's such a nice, such a nice lady, but she's older, mm. and she likes to talk. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm not good at saying no, so I would rather just not get in the situation because then I stand there talking to her for yeah. 45 minutes. Oh, because you're so polite. See, <laughs> I know how to extricate myself, and I guess starting off being aloof and very unapproachable helps i guess i have this vibe that no one wants to come near me because i might hurt them or something i don't know well maybe we need to have a little lesson on this podcast because <laughs> i need to learn like well it's like be a, a friendly person language. it's a body language thing like just keep moving like hey how's it going keep walking you know and okay jingle jangle your keys like you're in a hurry look at your <laughs> like gotta go bye like it's just like one of those things but i know what you mean you're getting caught by the talkative neighbor my other neighbor i have a neighbor here i'll just tell this one story we can get started soon i just uh, okay yeah yeah. She, no no rush <laughs> he stuck me with the talkative neighbor one day this uh, it's like the three lady neighbors talking and then she Oh, I could have killed her. She's like, oh, got to go going for a run. So she leaves and she left me with this woman who would not stop talking. And she was one of those women that was super codependent and needed somebody to hold her hand to go swimming every day down at the pool. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, I don't have time to babysit this grown woman and make sure she gets her exercise. Like, no. I'm like, oh yeah, good, good for you. Cause she'd said she worked out every single day. Like she's very active and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, okay. And this is at the time. I mean, I'm boxing six days a week, running, training, all this stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, you train every day. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> every day. Good for you. Oh, good for you. <laughs> and you want someone to do that with? Oh, Greg. Yeah, no, Hello, come here. It's not going to happen, baby. <laughs> anyway, she was funny. I think oh that's away. awesome yeah so otherwise how was your weekend um, oh you had a barbecue yeah we had the barbecue it honestly it was really nice mark um mark came up with this idea because we hadn't seen the whole family like we've seen obviously we've seen his sisters and his parents in se- like through separate occasions through covid but we haven't all gotten together other than on zoom mm-hmm. um so that was the first opportunity so Mark came up with the idea that we should have like a burger making competition, um, which was really fun. Kind of got everyone like active and involved in making the dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone brought a side. It was really nice. It was really nice to see everyone. Uh, and where then did, Sunday we kind of just. Bed. 
that was at Mark's parents' house. Okay. Um, and it, Saturday, I don't know if it was the same where you guys are. I feel like we live very close to each other, so probably the ish, same. Ish. Um, ish, yeah, in the same city. Yes. So the weather was a bit iffy, but it didn't start raining until a lot later, which was nice. You know what? But, Saturday was a write-off for me. I totally was completely lazy and did nothing. That's my Sunday. How about your Sunday? <laughs> I usually go work out on Sundays at my boxing workout, but I actually bailed. I feel bad, but I bailed. And I have an issue, like my house is a disaster all the time. And I've had this depressing bedroom situation the last, like basically over COVID and maybe all my life where I just have piles of clothes everywhere and nothing's organized. And I just like, oh my God, it gets overwhelming. And so I tackled it on Sunday and put on my clothes. That's amazing. Well, the problem is I live with Greg, who is a clothes horse. He loves clothing, keeps clothing, doesn't throw anything away. Slovenian, what can I tell you? (laughs) And his, it's, I'll be honest, like it's mostly his clothes (laughs) and I'm not touching his, like I refuse to do it until he actually throws stuff away. Cause it's like, it's too much. And I told him that I was like, it's too much. Like it's too overwhelming. I just, I can only deal with my stuff. That's it. So I have a bunch of stuff to give away to value village. I'm excited. Awesome. Tomorrow's, tomorrow's the big uh, day where I go out shopping with my friend Carol. And then I want to go to Valley Village. And then I'm going to go shopping at this place. Have you heard of this place called Nations Experience? Yes. It's a grocery store. Yes. But it's not any grocery store, apparently. It is great. My friend told me about it last week, and I have been fantasizing about it ever since. It has a food court and bumper cars and it's has every food ever known to man from all over the world so i'm very excited to go there tomorrow oh yeah that's awesome yeah and i haven't told my friend i'm taking her there so she's gonna be through she's gonna be like oh my god it's insane she's gonna love it that's awesome i i honestly so i've been to one because it's really close to it's within walking distance of a client i go to um and we go out there for the week. So I go with my coworkers, but we just go to the food court. Okay. But normally I'm like eating at this food court and looking around, like admiring my surroundings. Dude, this place is awesome. I've never so I been. I hope you enjoy. I've never been. Is it that stockyards, the one you go to? Yeah. Or do you go to a different one? Yeah, that's the one I'm going to tomorrow. Okay. So I don't know what to expect. I'm told it's huge and it has everything known to man. So we'll it is see. pretty big. And we'll probably grab lunch there and it'll be interesting. I don't know. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm the, excited. There, I think it used to, I think that one used to be a Target. I believe you. I think it was a Target. So uh-huh. it's weird. It, like when you go in, some of it looks like it's still a Target. <laughs> like they only redid some of like the That's leasehold. So of, I don't know. <laughs> It's like they the got target. lazy or something. Yeah, it's like the target kind of looks like Zellers. Anyway. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> For anyone who well, doesn't know, Zellers is a Zellers is an old. Is it? It must be all Canadian department store, right? I think so. And a lot of the targets when they came to Canada went into Zellers. Yes. And then Target, unfortunately, in Canada, just did not do very well. I'm really surprised by that, but me too. Who knows? Who knows? It's a little maybe sad, but poorly that's okay. managed, maybe. But uh, did you ever have Stedman's department store here? I don't think so. We had like a byway. We had byway. 
Yeah. So maybe that's what we had a Stedman's, which was similar to a Zeller's and that's in the Maritimes. There was a lunch counter at the Stedman's where I grew up and yeah, it was like a little department store for sure. I love, I just, I grew up in that time period, department stores and malls, all that stuff was just like a sort of nostalgic kind of situation for me. So sometimes I like them. Sometimes I think they're horrible, but I don't know. It's just an old, those old lunch counters and the department stores. I just love them. There's not enough of them anymore. I feel like a lot of them have been sort of phased out almost like or the malls have been revamped and now they have different stores or whatever. Well, it depends, right? Plus exciting. Amazon. So, yeah, which I love to hate because I'm like Amazon, it's ruining small businesses. And at the same time, I'm like, oh man, I really need these Swiffer dusters. (laughs) And if I could I have them, them tomorrow, I know I buy them all the time from there because I can get like a deal on like multiple. Exactly. Packages. I use them for work. So, you know. Oh, true. It's yeah. hard. It's hard to beat it. That's really, I feel bad too. I really do because God knows we don't need to put any more money in their pockets, but I know. Uh, I wish I bought to- those shares. I could go back in time. <laughs> Says the girl who is like, Oh, I don't know about investing. That seems like a lot of money to be putting away. Uh, yeah, I'm not the person to talk to. I know nothing about that stuff. Like, I know bad. some, I know some stuff, but I'm too much of a cheapskate to put enough money into a stock to make good money on it. Cheapskate. Yeah. Also, I'm risk averse. Like, yeah, I would be too nervous to put my savings, which is not very much into <laughs> bet you it's more than me but anyway yeah. <laughs> you're young though you you're like 10 years younger than me right or maybe more yeah no uh, you're really young aren't you you're like early 30s right 30 i'm t- turning 31 in less than a month oh my god yes i could be your mother that's right so we said that but i feel like i would be I 17 i would be a young mom yes i would be that's a teen true. mom i would be a teen mom but i could still be your mother you can um, cool mom (laughs) i don't know about that i'd be teen mom anyway uh what was i gonna say you're young so you shouldn't worry about that risk stuff too much true do that i can't okay (laughs) i won't get crazy but i'll let you know if i decide to invest (laughs) on that note shall we begin our little sorry No, yes, don't we be shall. sorry. Don't be sorry because the th- reason I'm just excited to talk about this episode. Me too. It was okay. There is racism in this, like not so subtle racism. There's a lot of like weird jokes. Yeah, but also hilarious at the same time. I laughed a lot during this. Oh, episode. same. I laughed so hard. Like <laughs> I was pausing it to take notes and I was laughing so hard. And at one point, Greg was watching it with me and he was laughing too because I was laughing. And he's like, Oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. And I, <laughs> he's like, When did they make this show? Oh my God. He was like shocked by a lot oh, of yeah. stuff. Yeah, for sure. There's stuff you definitely couldn't put on a show nowadays. Stuff where, I don't know. I, there's also, anyway, I yes. also have some points that Mark. Mark had some commentary and I feel that it's good commentary and I need to tell you. So as we go through, I'll let you know. He can be an indirect guest on this episode. And then one day he can be a full on guest. I think that'd be awesome. Okay. So here we go. Bones, 
season one, episode four, Man in the Bear. Do you want to start? Sure. Go for it. So we start with a scene that is during the night. There is some lighting on a bear who is unfortunately deceased. And we meet. Fortunately, he died. (laughs) Unfortunately, he died next scene. (laughs) So we're in a forest at night and we meet two new characters. We meet two characters. Uh, The first is Dr. Denise Randall, who is a vet and she's performing an examination on this dead bear. And we meet uh, Ranger Sherman Rivers, who is watching this examination happen. And so she's kind of putting her hands all up in this bear, trying to figure out, oh, what did this, what did this bear last eat? Because apparently that's one of the things that you have to find out when you are a vet in the middle of nowhere. And so she's pulling things out, which one of the things is beef jerky, but it's not beef jerky, it's a bag. No, you beef jerky. bag. But you know what? It makes sense. The bear can't, doesn't have, I guess he kind of has opposable thumbs though, but he can't tear a bag open to open the beef jerky, I guess. Yeah. But he can smell the good beef jerky. So that, you know what? No judgment here. Mm -hmm. So he eats the bag. So she's pulling things out. She pulls out hot dogs, fried beans. She Mm -hmm. says that there's fried beans in there. And then she pulls out, after a little bit of work, a hand. Which seems it's mostly bones of this human hand. Mm -hmm. And her and this ranger look at each other in shock mm-hmm. and scene and the bear was exactly. dead <laughs> and unfortunately he died yes so yeah they find this human hand and it's like oh geez now it's like a real thing a real problem so the next scene we have uh we're back at the jefferson institute and i thought this okay can i just say Booth made me laugh so much in this episode. I don't know, man, but when he creeped up, he creeps up behind Brennan. Boo. He's like scares her or something, comes up from behind her while she's looking through files. And he has this little USB key in his hand. And he's just like, he came to uh, talk to her about this bear they found in Washington state. So they're in Washington, D.C. And this case is all the way on the West Coast in Washington state. So, yeah. so they found more bones inside the bear and they want her help trying to identify this person that's inside the bear. And she's like, why do they, why, why do you have this case? It seems so dumb. The bear ate a person who cares. Right. She's like, and also she's like, that's far away. What? Like, no, yeah, this is not, matter. this is, this is out of state. I don't care. She didn't care. She was being very flippant as he was like asking her questions. And then she looks at the pictures of the bones that they found. And then she's talking about them a little bit. And then um, what was it? It was something about, oh, right. She found this little detail on one of the bones that looks like the bones were, is this where we find out the bones were cut? Yes. Yes. Which we, we learn a term. We actually learn a couple things in this scene. Like right. this is a science. This is a science lesson for me. Yes. I learned that marks made from a cutting tool can be called kerf marks with a K. Mm-hmm. K-E-R-F for yes. those writing this down. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do an autopsy on a bear, it's called a necropsy. 
necropsy exactly so there's going to be a pop quiz later for anyone who's interested <laughs> curve marks she also said another word called striaea or striaea or something like yeah. that which i think has to do with like the direction of the lines of the knife curve marks yeah so she says oh these look like these these bones were cut before the bear ate them so then booth is like kind of triumphant because he's like Haha, okay you have to come with me She's like, no fucking way am I going with you. That's ridiculous. Anyway, this is... <laughs> Booth is so funny. First, he's like basically telling her to stop talking science to him because he doesn't understand anything she's saying. And he's like, oh, you can say that as much as you want. Doesn't mean I'm going to understand it, you know? Or that, exactly. you know, it's going to be real or whatever. So then he tells her that he, she has to go to Washington with him. And she's like, no, I'm not. And he's like, you can say it as much as you want, but you know it's too bad like you're coming anyway right what happens next well he basically just throws this usb at her tells her she has to go and moves on and then the bear died and it was sad and next scene (laughs) i love this so much (laughs) and then i counted sorry i counted the number of scenes by the way again oh god this this uh, show had 38 scenes compared Ooh. to 30 but there there were a lot of so there were some very small like very short scenes yes i did notice that but some of the scenes were pretty long like some of them did go on for a while so yeah, anyway some of them 38 were, scenes some some of them shouldn't even have been in there but oh 100 completely unnecessary we'll get there though so scene three yeah <laughs> Brennan's complaining to her boss, Goodman, our friend Goodman, about being dragged away from the Institute on a moment's notice. She's mad that Booth has like all this autonomy over her. And he's like, actually, I recommended you for this. So I'm the one who told him you could go because I was a request was placed. So then she kind of has to swallow her foot a little bit. And he's actually trying to send her out on assignment more. Apparently, this is his his effort to make her more of a people person by making her interact with more people. Yeah. It's not like Brennan's never been on assignment. I mean, the first episode, she was coming back from some South American country or something with a skull in her bag. Yeah. So she's dealt with people from all over the world, apparently. So I don't know. This doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think it's just... I don't know what it is. You explain it to me. Why would the writers put this in here? I have no idea. I kind of think, no, I, I agree with you that it seems like it doesn't really align with her character because she is a world traveler. Like she's been all over. She obviously does a lot of traveling for work to begin with. She's constantly traveling within Washington, D.C. at least. That's where most of the cases are. Right. Um, I don't know if part of the... Um, push is that they get more exposure with the FBI Um, I'm not really sure I don't know because like he says it's to get her to become a more of a people person but then she acts like she doesn't get it and she she thinks he's telling her to have sex with Booth yeah on this trip there's a couple mentions of this during this what the hell is going on it basically (laughs) At the end of the episode, at the, at the end of this scene, he's basically like, "Oh yeah, and there's a lot of mosquitoes, so have fun." Yeah, he just misses her, and so she <laughs> like he just kind of he brushes off her weirdness. Uh, it just goes, just suck it up. 
suck yeah. it up buttercup pack your bags see you later don't get bitten by the mosquitoes exactly yeah and then we have our intro to bones which i kind of want to sing the csi theme song even though that's not the theme song <laughs> <laughs> oh you mean the that's what's in my head right now or like CSI Miami, like the who oh, are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The who song. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But instead we got this other song. So that's we fine. Do. That's fine as well. Okay. I thought that this scene was this next scene, scene four. I thought okay. it was really, really beautiful. They really, they, they're basically, they're driving along what I believe is the Pacific Northwest. I'm assuming is yes. they're going to Washington state. Mm-hmm. Um, they're driving on a hillside road. They're sitting Booth and Brendan. This is their car scene. It seems like there's always at least one car scene uh, during each of these episodes. Yes. Um, and in each of these car scenes, what seems to be common is they're bickering with each other, like an yes. old married couple. <laughs> and I wonder, like, how long is the drive from the airport to this place, A, B? How long has this bickering been going on? Like, since they got on at to the airport, on the plane, in the car? Like, seriously, like, how long can they do this? <laughs> That's so true. Like, were they sitting in silence from the airport and then they just decided to start talking? I don't know, man. <laughs> Who knows? It's a little tiring to be fighting this much, I would think. Oh, God. Exhausting. Like, have sex already, right? No, right. <laughs> so, apparently, Booth is hurtling down a mountainside highway. He's complaining about the crappy hotel and this $50 per diem that he's getting from the FBI for expenses while he's there per day. This is hilarious. This is another thing about Brennan being stupid because <laughs> she's very well off, this woman, right? So, and she's like, they only give you $50. Like she's like totally making fun of him for only getting 50 bucks. Isn't bad. It's not bad at all. And if you were to move just small tax fact, Mm -hmm. if you were to move cross country or a specified distance, if you were to have an eligible move for your work, the government without receipts will grant you $17 per meal per day. Per meal. Per, per meal. So 17 times three. So you get $51, which is about 50 bucks a day. Really? Which is what you're getting. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's a it's a tax. You get it as a tax deduction. So it's not really worth $50, but that's fine. Anyway, I, I digress. Yeah. <clears throat> what should we should call these moments? Accounting. <laughs> accounting with Brit. Accounting with Brit. <laughs> Possibly possibly not exciting news <laughs> listen you can tell me how to move money around i'll do it <laughs> god unfortunately okay. i can't really help with that but you know i can tell you about this 51 we can talk about get. it off air Brittany. 
Don't okay. need to put it out there. Okay? Talk to you later. <laughs> Shh, wink, wink. Anyway. Well, this, so my point is, though, this 50 bucks a day, like you said, is not unreasonable. The government of Canada thinks that that is a reasonable stipend. Totally. But she's like incredulous. She thinks it's so little. And yes. uh, she tells him that she's basically unlimited in her spending. Booth's all incensed about this and claims that, you know, oh, you know, this is like cheating the government of money and <clears throat> something about something about how he doesn't need her, like uh, to pay for his meals or do whatever. And yeah. um, See, she's. I, Go on. I just love him so much. She's just so full of herself. Like, she's like, oh, only 50 bucks a day. I have an indispensable skill. That's why I have an, have an unlimited budget. And right. Treated differently than you. And he's like, I don't need you. Like, you're not indispensable. Yeah. And she's going, oh, oh, yeah, really? So you could <laughs> be able to tell from the curf marks what the sex and age of this victim is? And he's like, okay, smart ass. I know he calls her a smart ass. I thought that was so funny. I was like, I love, I wrote down in my notes, I love this. I just thought it was so funny. He puts his snug sunglasses on like he's smart ass. He's so his, mad at her. His orange sunglasses, which I cannot take seriously. Like, I cannot, they're bright like orange. You don't like them? I hate them. Oh. I, I but that's okay. It's okay. It's just a personal opinion. Something I did like though is her rebuttal. To oh yes. Him calling her smart ass. So she's she says, objectively, I'd say I'm very sweet, although it has nothing to do with my ass. Yeah, she's very smart. Very, very smart. smart, not sweet. Yeah, yeah. Very smart. <laughs> she's very sweet too not she's definitely mm, not sweet not sweet at all but i yeah i wrote that down too she agrees she is very smart but has nothing to do with my ass <laughs> <laughs> oh and then oh uh, she tells him to take booth goes well you can take me out to dinner then and then he basically dangles the idea of giving her a gun like as a a, a carrot <laughs> to bribe like i'll give you a gun if you take me out for dinner <laughs> she genuinely she she bites that carrot she is like oh a gun for me I'll, yeah. i just have to share my money with you yeah but we'll find out at the end that they only have one meal together it seems anyway <clears throat> yeah but that's because she gets busy with other things okay <laughs> something else Sorry. happens next yes. that made me laugh Anyway, go. You do the next scene. So the next scene, Booth and Brennan are getting out of the car, which that always seems, again, we have a getting out of the car scene and an in the car scene kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. But they get out of the car and they're talking about how, well, Booth says, oh, like, you got to love this small town America. And Brennan is like, this isn't a small town. Meanwhile, this looks like Jasper, like in Alberta. It does look like a small town. Yes. Um, she's giving the example of some place in Guatemala with 150 people with no running water, and that's a small town. Like, is this a big city? No, it's, it's not. So she's having none of it, basically. And he's, well, probably because they've just been fighting. And he says, okay, well, I need to go see the sheriff. So he just kind of walks away from her. And... He's using, he says that he's using an old FBI trick uh, by asking someone who lives there where the sheriff is because yes. it's a small town. Yes, but 
my favorite part is where she goes off about Guatemala, small towns, 150 people. And he looks at her like you, cause he's over it with her arrogance, yeah. right? He goes, well, Brennan, I'm not talking about Guatemala. He says, <laughs> I'm not talking about Guatemala. He says it like really like hardcore accented. He goes, I'm talking about small town America. And he goes, he goes, and by the way, I've been to Guatemala. <laughs> like you jerk. Like you're not the only one who's been there. Right. And then she does. Okay. Here we go with the snipe, the sniper reference. So I thought of you when this happened, I was like, we got to talk about this. <laughs> I said, here it comes. She goes, oh, what were you doing in Guatemala? <laughs> she goes, echo tourism. Like she's being sarcastic. And I, when he, the next thing he did was so sexy. I was like, oh, do it every time. Like he just, he walks up to her, like really, really dark. Walks up to her and goes, I went there to shoot a guy in the chest and kill him. And then he walks away from her. He just leaves. Like mic drop. He's totally like, I loved it. I thought I was like, this is the best. Like, what else did you think that I was doing in Guatemala? Exactly. Miss Brennan. Jerk. She's just being a bitch. And he's like, oh, 100%. Okay. I'm going to do, I'm going to fucking show you. So he told her I was there to kill somebody. I like, like, remember I kill people? Yeah. Shut your damn mouth. Jesus Murphy. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was really sexy when he did that. Like it was, was very sexy and very funny. <laughs> Just the way he walked away. I was like, oh, he's so over it. I love it. Anyway, go on. Okay. Well, our next scene, scene six, we have a. You're going to make me regret you counting the scenes now. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Um, okay, so we're inside what appears to be a morgue. And we meet um, we meet a new character, Dr. Rigby, who is the coroner. Although he says, I'm technically the coroner, but I'm really just a country doctor. I have no training in forensics. I don't really... He kind of implies that he doesn't really know what he's doing, to be honest. Um, I'm getting kind of a weird vibe from him. He, I find him to be a little creepy, but that's fine. And so... Also, this actor, so, whenever he shows up, you know this shit's going to hit the fan with this guy. True. True, actually. And he always plays, yeah, he always plays this type of character. Anyway. So, yeah, so the, the vet's there as well, because I guess she found the body, so she wanted to be there. Um, the ranger was there as well and they're talking to Brennan and she's saying yeah I, I, I the not she the, the vet is saying I'm pretty sure it was human but I called Dr. Rigby and then he thought it was human too so now we're here and they're saying okay Brennan do your do your magic and she somehow even though they only have about 60% of the arm she's like this is a male late teens early 20s well muscled <laughs> And they're all like, wow, this lady, she should be here all the time. This is amazing. This is the also the introduction of Brennan using a digital camera. <laughs> True. <laughs> There's a lot of, like, a lot of, um, in, they introduce a lot of, like, computer stuff as well. Oh, this episode 
It's hilarious. They drop a lot of digital stuff. Yeah, but stuff that's so not, nobody uses these terms anymore, you know? Oh, definitely not. Some of it, some of the terms, it's like, is this Star Trek or am I watching Bones? I'm not sure. (laughs) Oh, interesting. We'll talk about why you think that. Okay. Yes, Uh, we will. Sorry. So she notices that she points out some marks on the arm and she mm -hmm. says, have you performed any amputations lately? Because she's noticing that um, there are saw marks on this arm. So she's asking that question and they're saying, no, like not really. Um, She uses her digital camera as you mentioned (laughs) and she says that she's going to send that stuff send the pictures back to the lab so they they can examine Mm -hmm. them a little better and so beyond the pictures she wants to actually send the arm back as well Mm -hmm. which they're in the middle of nowhere so obviously ups and your everyday purulator isn't just going to cut it you got to use charlie apparently Apparently, Charlie is the man in town who's like your overnight delivery dude. Um, Is this where she says she's going to beam the pictures? Did she beam them? She says she walks over to her computer with the camera and she says, I'm going to send this back to my lab. But she doesn't say beam yet. Okay. Spoiler alert. But beaming is coming in the next scene. (laughs) Beam me up, Scotty. Beaming happens, and I we will talk about this, and I'll try not. Yeah, okay, go on. So we're we're. Uh, Brennan goes to the postal place where Charlie, this dude Charlie, works. She walks in with the box, and this is where we're sort of introduced to this concept, where this town is very small. There's not a lot of women for men to choose from. So when she walks into this place, she's like, "Wow, okay." There's this like beautiful, intelligent doctor who walked into my business right now. And Charlie is a blonde little cutie pie behind the desk who's adorable. And he's very, very curious about this doctor. But go on. What happens next? What happens there? Just a small aside. So you called him a cutie, which I agree. Pretty good looking guy. According to IMDb, he's five foot 11. Good height. Not bad. Unfortunately, though, the actor's name is Rusty Joyner. And this is a point that Mark wanted to make. Oh my God, Greg did too. (laughs) This is a porn name. This is not an actor's name. Greg could not get over the guy's name. (laughs) But you know what? He's had a good career. If you look at his IMDb, like he, he works, you know? Oh yeah, he was in Dodgeball. He's like in a main character in Dodgeball. He's, he's had a good career for sure. Yeah. But that this is not his like this is a stage name that he chose for himself. This oh. is not. So do we delve deeper into Rusty Joiner and figure out what his real name is? I did at one point. I, it's, his middle name is Russell, so I guess Rusty is not that far off. Right. I don't know if we want to del- de- delve uh, too deeply. We might end up back in the territory of the last episode with um some videos that they were watching (laughs) his name is jason russell joiner okay so it's not that far off no it's not too far off but But anyway poor name very funny (laughs) yeah he hardcore starts flirting with brennan yes like hardcore happens to be reading her book how did that happen like she goes to this town and he just happens to be in the middle of reading it or is he like 
finding out she was there through the loop and then, you know, picked up her book and started reading it because she was there. I kind of feel like it might be the second because yeah. when she comes back like a day or two later, he's only on chapter seven. Exactly. So I think he just picked it up because she was there. Yeah. Or he's a really slow reader and that's respectable too. That's okay. Yes. But yeah, mm-hmm. so she, she wants to ship this package. Mm-hmm. She wants to use Charlie, this good looking good looking shipping guy (laughs) and she wants it to be done overnight and he's she's kind of trying to she's saying okay it needs to go to the jeffersonian and it needs these things need to happen i'm a forensic anthropologist like this is serious business and he's like the jeffersonian they have uh dizzy gillespie's trumpet there they have muhammad ali's boxing gloves and he's like going on and on she's like yeah i know i work there like come on buddy Uh your job so anyway, so basically I thought anyway, this is another spot where there is a bit of a funny part, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she basically says, like, well, like, thank you, Charlie, or something. She she mentions oh, his God. name. And he's like, How do you know my name? Could you tell <laughs> from my skull structure? She's like, No, you idiot. Your name's on your shirt. I have to say, this guy, Rusty Joyner, that's why I liked him. He was so funny. Like, he just played the dumb blonde so well. Like, he oh, was yeah. so perfect. Because he was like, oh, great, with his skull. But then also with um, the book, he was talking about his book. So, uh, you know, getting all kinds of ideas about how to kill someone. And she's like, you know, like, Charlie, now that I know your name, the heroine always catches the bad guys, so don't try anything. Yeah, like, watch out, man. I, and I think that's a red herring. Like, the writer is probably throwing that in there to say, ooh, is he guilty? Like, throwing all these sort of, like, could this person be guilty? Could that person be guilty? 100%. Like, even, like, if we pedal back to the, I called it a medical basement is what I called it, where they were before instead of the morgue. <laughs> medical basement, morgue, same thing. Well, I wasn't sure what they did there anyway. So, cause it seemed very like haphazard the way it was all set up, but um, yeah. the vet called the Dr. Andrew. They're very familiar with each other. And then she corrected herself. So that was like an interesting little detail, a little flub. Everybody's kind of looking a little bit suspicious at this point, right? A hundred percent. And I think that every single character at one point, there's a wait, is that, detail like there's a moment where you're kind of like is that are they telling us this because he's the killer and this is supposed to he or she is the killer and that's supposed to be giving us a hint they're just throwing out red herrings left right and center throwing out red herrings giving us all the jokes exactly the jokes are great in this episode so they are uh what the next scene is very short what happens this is a scene that i think they probably could have cut out when we were talking about scenes that they could cut out but the angle of the scene is very interesting because Angela and Zach are sitting in front of a computer looking at images of the bones. And the, the camera is pointed almost like a webcam, but between both two screens. So it's like there's really zoomed in on their faces, kind of like if someone were to put a camera on us making a podcast or a YouTube video. But so basically right. they're, they're realizing the only purpose of the scene is to realize that well, to kind of say that Zach has pretty low self-esteem because he is 
not able to figure out immediately what type of handsaw was being used. Yeah, he's um, feeling inferior. He was. And then basically Angela says, you know what? Like, don't feel so bad. You're a grad student. She calls him a lowly grad student. And I'm sure that Bren- when Brennan was a, was a grad student, she also wouldn't have been able to figure out, figure it out. Like, don't worry about it. Everything will be okay. And then she calls him Z-Man. I don't know if I like that nickname, but oh, Angela. that's the whole scene. Angela, Angela. She says a computer thing to her today. Yes. She says something about sending the data to her mainframe. Which yeah. If she, I was yeah. like, am I to believe that Angela is going to construct a face out of this hand? Out of a hand. Is this? Is I this think. Yes, go ahead. I think that the image that she's supposed to be creating is of what the saw would have looked like. Okay. I think because <laughs> a hand from a, a face from a hand, honestly, that would be a whole new level. Again, would not be surprised on a TV show like Bones. Also, this is another episode where I don't know what Angela does. <laughs> we do learn what her machine is called, though, later. Oh. Although I forget, well, when we get there, I'll read it out yeah, because I, I wrote it down. It you tell me. Okay, so that was like a quickie that you, like, I agree with you that here's the thing. Maybe, like, when it gets to the point in these shows, like, I think the writers have to include these other characters to pay them. Like, they got to get paid, right? So you got to give them some lines. You got to give them something to do. So they get a paycheck, you know, you have to have so much time like on the show. Can't just, yeah. if you're going to show up on set, you may as well just throw in an extra interstitial scene like this. Right. But I agree. Yeah. It was unnecessary completely. All right. Next scene. I love this scene so much. I love these characters are fantastic. So you tell me what happens. Okay. But interject if I miss anything. Okay. So. We, at this point, we meet the sheriff, which I'm not sure that we've met him before. No. But, okay, so Booth and the sheriff are walking down the street. They're talking. And basically, the sheriff is saying, this, this can't be a local that lost their arm. I would have noticed if there was some guy walking around without an arm. And Booth is saying, well, like, how many people actually live here? Like, would you have noticed? Because, and the sheriff's going, yeah, there's 326 people. Like, obviously, I'm going to notice there's some people on Indian reservations around here, but overall, not that many people come. There's some tourists that come, some idiots that come and camp and hike here because they think it's so beautiful and they don't realize how dangerous it is. And some people die. And that's that's the circle of life. And unfortunately, unfortunately, (laughs) and, you know, like Darwinism or whatever, that's fine. (laughs) Evolution. This sheriff, I loved him. I thought he was so funny. He was so funny. I thought he was like, for somebody who lives in a small town and like Booth and Brennan just happened to him, they just like this thing that happens to him. And he's like, holy fuck. (laughs) You know, at first he's super dismissive of Booth. I love the walking and talking. So they're walking down the street, walking and talking, and people are going, hey, sheriff. And he's waving to people like, hey, how's it going? Everybody loves the sheriff, and he's a big dude. He's like a, he bigger than Dave. That's we're bigger than Booth, anyway. Yeah. 
And at the end of that scene, that made me laugh the way he acted about this woman who went, who disappeared like <laughs> 10 days ago. He's like some woman who said she was an experienced hiker. And he walks away and he goes, he's just like, yeah, right. Like, like yeah, sure. Experience. Like, yeah. The stupid woman getting lost. What a dumbass. And then they zoom in on the picture of the woman. And it's obviously an actress's headshot. Like she's like all posing for it. Oh yeah. But anyway, so we find out that there's this other person missing. This obvious to the sheriff, insignificant tourist, and nobody's up in arms or upset about this, I guess. And yeah, it doesn't seem like they've really put any resources into trying to find her. No. Um. Oh, here we I go. I found anyway the the timeline. They say that she disappeared a couple weeks ago. Right. I'd like to talk about that. Okay. Later. Oh, okay. I think that there's a timing issue in this episode, but that's that's fine. I think so too, but you'll be able to discern that. You're my mathematician du jour. So I'm out of tax facts for today though. (laughs) (laughs) Only one per show. (laughs) One per show. for sure if you're lucky oh my (laughs) god so yeah they're walking around and then this next scene they go back to the sheriff's office and this is so funny oh yeah i want you to start this so they walk back into the police station um and basically some lady leads brennan to the door and the sheriff's like "Uh, can i can i help you like has no idea who brennan is and he's She's going, yeah, like, I'm with him. Give me a break. Um, He's going, ooh, suddenly I wish I was FBI. (laughs) Like, is straight up hitting on her. Oh, my God. (laughs) Which is not, this goes on. Like, this is not the first time this happens in this episode, and it it won't be the last. Like, it it, it keeps happening. Anyway, so Brennan comes in hot. She's saying, we need to find the rest of the body um like we gotta figure out we gotta look at the bear scat maybe um he's saying well sherman already sherman who the who's the uh ranger already tracked the or traced the bears route a week ago uh back a week sorry and he didn't find anything and she's going okay but like the scat we gotta look at the scat and then he makes some comment about you're not gonna trust a flathead indian he didn't have to use his native powers because he could use a GPS. Oh, no, it was Booth that what? started this. Booth started it. He was it? Something about... Oh, if he was an Indian scout. Yeah, he said, oh, how did he track the bear? You know, did, yeah. did he... And then the sheriff's like, you think he used his Indian powers? He's like, no, he used the GPS tracker on the bear. He... The, Anyway, I couldn't tell if the sheriff was racist or Booth was racist because the sheriff was kind of funny. Like he was like, like thinking Booth was an idiot for thinking that um, I think the flathead Indian is the maybe the tribe he's from. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think like him saying his native powers, I think maybe it was just a way for him to be like, okay, Booth, like, okay city boy booth like yeah like get it together the bear has a gps on him so but so if you were to isolate this scene alone i would say this guy's not a racist however (laughs) we will come across future scenes yeah that prove he is a raging racist 
Uh, yeah there is something i do want to talk about later 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 but i'll try to remember uh it's about sherman and his reaction and behavior towards everyone's racism i just i kind of want to talk about that a little bit anyway for sure so there's this weird pissing contest between booth and the sheriff um i find it really interesting because like booth's all sarcastic sarcastically saying oh you know, five minutes ago, you didn't want to help uh, help me with this investigation. Now that Brennan's here, you're like all over it. Like, oh, interesting. Your change of uh, your change of tone or your change of uh, yeah, your your motivation or whatever to do this. And I found the dialogue and the backing and forth thing very quippy in this episode. Like they were yeah. like, very fast and joke, 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 and just like. It was quite funny. They were sparring a lot. and It was light for such a dark episode. It was actually pretty light. Well, I think the whole thing was pretty light. But at the same time, like the, the Booth and Brennan stuff was light. Yes. And fun and very quippy. I just, ugh, I just thought it was so. Anyway, um, right. And yeah, he says Indian. I'm. And I'm only saying Indian powers because that's what they said in the show. Yes. I wouldn't say that normally. <clears throat> it's just that well, those were the writer's words. So I just want to make that clear. <laughs> yes. hundred <laughs> uh, percent. Oh, I thought. Then, oh, yeah. Go on. Sorry. Well, it's interesting because this scene kind of goes from zero to a hundred with like the sheriff and bones because poor booth is kind of just watching this happen because he can't really he's trying to say stuff but even him saying like oh now that you're like now that you met bones now you're going to be all about interagency cooperation like for you dude like the sheriff doesn't even acknowledge the fact that he's like upset he's just like oh bones you're calling her bones that's not that's not a way to talk to a lady like ignores his point altogether mm-hmm She's like, oh, thank you. And he's like, so uh, how about dinner tonight? I know. Like, okay. That was so funny. Do you have any plans for dinner? Like, he's hardcore. Like, these guys are not wasting any time at all. No. It's so funny. It's not professional at all. Booth is having none of it. Because I was starting to get the impression that Booth genuinely, like, likes Brennan. Even though Tessa is somewhere around. We don't hear about her at all in this episode, but that's fine. Like yeah, when he he asks her out for dinner and he literally ushers Brennan away yeah, and throws totally a binder cock- at the sheriff and is like, yeah. okay, thank you, bye. <laughs> he's total cock blocking him for sure. And he's just like, yeah. Booth, and Booth is in like weird, I feel like he's in protection mode because he does know Brennan enough to know that she has no idea what's happening. These guys are flirting with her and she's just like, oh yes, like she's just, responding in a very matter of fact literal fashion yeah realizing that they're hitting on her yeah 100 percent. so he's just protecting her he has a very protective kind of vibe booth yeah even though he on occasion rips her a new one (laughs) okay now we're gonna go with this other storyline that we're gonna go to our next scene this was a great storyline and there's only a couple of things I want to mention. So you go ahead and start with this okay. abomination. 
we have different opinions, I guess. I love the, I love this storyline. It was problematic, but it was great. Oh my god. <laughs> so basically, Hodgins and Zach are hanging out. They're back in the lab. They're talking about the case. They're drinking their coffee. Brittany. And the package is coming. Well, I'm just going to ignore their stupid talk about how a bear opened a suitcase and Zach is Brittany, going to say that I it was a documentary. Say, can I just say? Can I just say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, please. They start out the scene with Zach and Hodgins on the couch. <laughs> they are sitting so close to each other on that couch so close and when we zoom out from the couch i find out that the couch is actually a lot larger than you would think and he and zach could have sat on the other end of the couch they're literally this goes like, it goes with zach's persona though like he doesn't get personal space although you would think hodgins hodgins you think that he would move away <laughs> Okay, go. Yeah, they're sitting uncomfortably close. And I I don't like that. Like, if someone sits down on a couch and their leg is touching me, too close. Too close. And you're like touching bums. It's not cool. And it's if you're wearing shorts, game over. You're sweating on each other. Gross. Gross. Okay, go. So, okay, yeah. So they're sitting extremely close to each other. They're talking about how. Uh, Zach once saw a bear get into a car and it was a documentary and Hodgins is like okay you're an idiot that was obviously a cartoon and then boom hot delivery woman so this hot delivery woman Tony approaches and she's looking for Zach Addy because she's got a package of human remains Ooh. Ooh. and Hodgins basically completely cock blocks Zach and is like oh yeah mm-hmm. I can sign for that Mm-hmm. and he's asking where the where the other guy is i don't think he actually cares he's just trying to make conversation with him honestly this was so uncomfortable hodgins is not good at flirting and he's trying to flirt with her and he's saying it's too bad that i can't ask you for coffee yet and she's uh, she's like what? Oh my God. what what do you mean why not and he's like well coffee's a third delivery capper she's like what the like uh, what's the first delivery he's like initial contact me cute light flirting uh, i'm throwing up in my mouth at this point like this poor woman but she's eating it up she's like "Ooh, yeah one of the this nerds is hitting on me poor actress <laughs> i thought this poor actress had to do that scene and just put up with it she had to put up with this awful this horrible flirting and he was oh so, my god it was so gross like it's just the way it was awful him. he's like negging her he's negging her like from that book oh. game where he's like oh too bad i can't ask you out for coffee like he's acting like such a dick <laughs> it, i just oh my goodness i still stand by this storyline is great Oh, well, you'll have to convince me. It's your job to convince (laughs) me because this after this is when I found out the couch was really big. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Okay, well, anyway, the lady leaves because she's equally disgusted, but she actually isn't. She seems to be smiling. She's She's like wiggling her hips as she walks away. Like, look at my booty. First of all, she weighs two pounds. She has no booty. Then they have the sound effect of her heels hitting the ground as she walks away. I'm like, she shouldn't be wearing heels if she's a friggin' delivery 
person. She's also wearing shorts. Well, shorts are fine. At least it wasn't a friggin' skirt. You know what I mean? That's true. <laughs> it could have been much worse. Small victories. Could have looked like a stripper coming to mm. deliver a package. Oh my god. Anyway, Zach and Hodgins are just like absolutely gawking at this woman as she walks away. Zach is pissed because he's like, you bogarted my package. Like mm. you took away the opportunity for me to talk with a pretty woman. Right. And end scene. Yeah. Don't worry. Well, if you're interested in this uh, scene, there's more. There's later. more to come. There's more to come. <laughs> Thank you for getting through that. That's wonderful. So then we go <laughs> back to next? Washington. We go back to Washington. Booth and Brennan are walking along a trail with Sherman Rivers, the ranger. He's showing them where the bear was shot. And I think Sherman starts flirting with Brennan a little bit here. 100%. About how she's a, what they would call in the native tradition, a bone gatherer, because she uh, lets people, uh, oh, sorry. Make the journey to to the next world or something like that. Yeah, She helps the spirit depart the world to go to the next one because she finds bones and identifies them and takes them back to their roots and all that stuff. So she's again not understanding what he's doing like he's being very he's being very subtle i i i sherman wins the prize in this episode sherman is my favorite character in this episode same he handles everything so well even when he's flirting with her he's not being disgusting or really forward he's just being like very respectful and nice yeah so uh booth finds uh some poop some bear poop Brennan is very excited about. Yeah, she's like, oh, did you find it? I don't know, does a bear scat in the woods? Booth's all joking about finding bear poop. <laughs> and then he says the word, it looks like he voided over there as well. So he's pointing at another pile of poop. He voided. I hate that word so much when they people talk about pooping, when they say uh, they voided. Because that's usually what they, the term they use when somebody, after somebody dies, they yeah. void. So they like... It grosses me out every single time. So then she, like, Brendan gets down to business with a big bag and starts picking up the poop. And Sherman's, like, super impressed with how, like, gung-ho she is. To Look handle. at her handle that poop. <laughs> and he says it to Booth, like, these guys are being very open with their being attracted to her. So then he says... <laughs> Anyway, so then that's when Booth says, I take it there's not a lot of women in these parts. Like, <laughs> Yeah, because Sherman's all like, oh, she ain't the squeamish type, yeah, is she? He's like totally into it. And Booth's like, I take it there's not a lot of women up here. <laughs> he's, he's saying what everybody's thinking, right? But yeah. then I have to tell you, this is not bear poo. I'm just going to tell you, I've seen bear poo. You must have seen bear poo before. Yep. This is not bear poo. Well, the other thing for me is I know that they said that they were tracking this bear. So quite possibly this, that it's quite possibly it's also a show. They're correct. This is the scat of the bear that they're looking for. This is a huge park with many bears. How do they like, 
are they just looking at some random bear's poo? Like, how did they know for sure that this was that bear? I don't know. It's a mystery. Like, yeah, maybe Sherman was using his special native powers. (laughs) Maybe. Which, by the way, okay, fun fact, Mm -hmm. and I thought this was awesome, Mm -hmm. is oftentimes they don't cast, uh, like, the they'll cast someone like a native they'll say okay yeah this person's a native person but then they'll cast someone who's not native who's japanese or mexican who's or japanese something. in mexico exactly <laughs> but in this case which this this actor he's fairly famous i've seen him in quite a few tv shows mm-hmm. but he actually so the actor who played this ranger was actually born on a black blackfoot indian reservation mm-hmm. and he's a member of the blackfoot tribe so he's actually he truly is native which i thought was kind of cool yeah, it's nice to see that, eh? Yeah, I, I I like that. I just love this guy. I think he's great. That was a Mark find, by the way. I thought that, that Mark, that was, yeah, that okay. was a Mark find. Thank you, Mark. Um, Gotta give credit where credit's due. <laughs> All right. So after the bear poop, what happens? So now we're back with Charlie at Rapid Express, the uh, delivery place, and when Brennan walks in, Charlie is reading Brennan's book like just hey he's like hey i just finished chapter seven (laughs) puts the book down perfect timing and she's like okay like i gotta get this package out and (laughs) i love this scene and he he straight up he's like um so do you do all the stuff the girl in your book does (laughs) she's like oh like i don't really want to talk to you about that i'm a little uncomfortable and he's like "No, no 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 not about the sex like you know, the running, the shooting, all that cool stuff. And, uh, but yeah, um, uh, yeah, if you want to talk about the sex, though, uh, <laughs> that's, that's great for you. And uh, I guess, like, who you're doing with. Like, all she wants to do is send a package. She just wants to get this package to the lab. Like, no. <laughs> and it's not even bones this time. She's literally sending a pile of poo pile back to the lab. Poop. Yes. She's very like in this scene. Yeah, this is interesting, this one, isn't it? This is the computer time. Go. It is. It's the beam me up, Scotty. Finally. So, sorry. So, Zach, I get very excited. I'm watching uh, TNG right now. So, yeah, it's Star Trek is great. Um, So, Brennan gets a phone call. Thank God, because I cannot deal with this scene anymore. Like, no, we don't need to talk about sex, Brendan and Charlie. There's already enough sexual tension in the room. Oh, God. So Zach's calling. Perfect person to break the sexual tension. Mm. And he's giving her some facts like, okay, the person who died, uh, who who that arm belonged to, they died about a week ago. The bear ate it one or two, one or one to three days after that. Mm. Uh, they're still working on the stuff from the saw. Well, Angela's working on it with her holographic display. And she's saying, okay, I need to, and he's saying, can I be, can I be something to you? And she's like, one moment, please. Let my, let me get my Dell out of my uh, computer bag. This is amazing to me. Okay. You, you start. No, no, no. I just, (laughs) I just wrote down. This is where we start beaming. Yes. So 
what the hell is beaming? I'm I halfway through the show. I'm like, what? The, what is beaming? I don't understand. Are we emailing? Are we FaceTiming? What are we doing here? First of all, she does not hook up her computer to yes. a line to get onto the internet. How is this possible? Well, I, I don't think it is, and I think that's why they're just calling it beaming because the vet specifically said in one of the earlier scenes that she's still using dial-up. So it's very unlikely that suddenly in the middle of this tiny town of 300 people, yeah, suddenly Brennan is able to use satellite imaging <laughs> or like some sort of digital thing yes. that basically somehow she's just suddenly able to see what's on Zach's computer. Yes. I'm so calling fiction. It's incredible. It's incredible that they think they can get away with this. <laughs> Especially, I mean, it's not. I mean, it was a little while ago, obviously, but also not that long ago that people were that unaware of the technology that was available. Yeah. But I was young enough when I did first watch the show that I was like, ooh, beat me. Okay, yeah, that's fine. And move on. <laughs> well, like, am I to believe that Brennan has access to military level technology here? Maybe. All right. Maybe the Jeffersonian has a big in. All right, then. But this is unlikely. Well, this is where I find it really funny that she she's on the phone with Zach. She's (laughs) beaming away. She's got her computer up on his desk. The one thing I'll say before I'll let you go, you have to take away this. You have to start with the scene because my thing is, is that she's very loose with her information here she just this guy charlie is lurking in the background very involved in what's happening here and how she's communicating with zach about this this fucking investigation this it's an investigate a crime that they're trying to investigate and she's just like giving him all the information 100 percent. yeah she's not being she's not being confidential in the slightest thank you I thought you were just going to leave it as that she's being loose, but yeah, that would have moving on. (laughs) Oh, and there's a sort of a a communication between Zach and Charlie over the phone where, Oh, it was so great. Zach's like, what you tell me what, I didn't understand this. So Charlie's like, Hey Zach, that's when he comes over. He's like, Oh, that's right. I'm just going to creep on the creep on the computer and uh oh hey Zach, uh, does your boss have a boyfriend? <laughs> Why not ask her? Why? And Zach's like, "Well, not currently, but are you extremely good looking?" "Yes, I am, Zach." Charlie says, "Yes, I am." That's the best part. And they're talking about some stuff. Yeah, those are bite marks. There's a cannibal, blah blah blah. And that's extremely important. Actually, I shouldn't say blah blah blah. There's a cannibal. Oh, by the way, there's a cannibal on the loose. By the way, there's a cannibal. There's they go, there's a little back and forth. They're like, well, it's not a pig. It's not a bear. There's some double cuss pattern. These are teeth marks from a human. We have a cannibal. And then... <laughs> and then... Um, Charlie, I think, says to Zach, are you extremely smart? Right. And Zach says, yes, I am, Charlie. <laughs> I want to know. It's so funny. I This guy who plays Charlie, Rusty Joyner. I thought he was great. 
he I was thought, i just thought that line was like are you extremely good looking so i was like yes i am <laughs> yes i am and are you extremely smart yes i am yes, I, am. <laughs> I just oh boy I love it i just find charlie funny he's in the background being a nuisance i just and then he knows everything that's going on oh yeah so they they have this cannibal they have this cannibal, which you would think they'd want to keep on the down low because how do we know that Charlie isn't the cannibal? Oh my one? God, there's that. Yes. But also this next scene made me laugh so hard. And then there's a couple of things that happened in this episode. That's like a callback, these references. Yeah. Oh my God. It's take so the scene away, which is funny. scene number 14 for those who are oh counting. Oh my God. We're not even <laughs> halfway. Let's go. There's 38, oh, yeah. Stop it. See, I told you <laughs> not to do that. So the next thing we got Brennan in the, in the car with the sheriff who's trying to eat his lunch. He's got a hamburger and fries and some kind of drink. And Booth is on the driver's side leaning in. So we've got this interesting, I love, I want the director of this episode, we'll talk about him later, but... He has this scene set up. It's really funny. The, like you were talking about the scene earlier with Angela and Zach. There's a lot of scenes like this where he's got weird angles. And yeah, Brendan's on the passenger side. Sheriff's in the driver's seat. Booth's outside the car leaning in on the, in the window on the driver's side. And they're talking about this whole cannibal issue. It kind of seems like Brennan went from one side, Booth went from the other. They kind of cornered this poor guy who was well, trying was... to eat his lunch. <laughs> so she said there's a cannibal, whatever. And he and the sheriff says, oh, like Hannibal Lecter. And Brennan claims to not understand that reference of a popular pop culture Oscar winning movie. Ugh. She lives under a rock. She must have been in Guatemala. Guatemala. <laughs> when I came out. <laughs> so anyway, as he's trying to eat his lunch, the details of this get grosser and grosser. They start talking about cannibalism, which I, I have to say, man, this scene, the writing is so funny. Like the way they're talking about it, backing and forthing. Anyway, Brennan is arguing that cannibalism isn't that rare, that it's been practiced for many, many centuries by different cultures. And she's bringing up all these different people that practice it. And then they're going back and forth about how gross it is. And then Booth says, you know, oh, the sheriff asked Brennan, have you ever eaten human meat? And she's like, oh, I was never offered any. <laughs> Which yeah, is she doesn't thing. immediately say like, no. And why would I? She's like, well, I haven't been offered it. So then Booth says, like, what, would you eat it? And she's like, huh. And she's like, has to think about it. And she's like, huh, well, you know, it depends on the situation. Like, <laughs> she's very scientific about it. And Booth. <laughs> this guy is trying to eat. Let's just remind ourselves. This poor sheriff is trying to eat his lunch. <laughs> so funny. And then Booth's like grossed out. He thinks he calls her. He said, oh, you're sick. Because she would consider eating it, you know? Yeah. I just thought the whole scene was so funny and the sheriff is so grossed out and the the it's so quippy. The dialogue was so fast. They, I think they must have had so much fun making this scene. I just think it would have been hilarious. Oh, 100%. 
what's what's great is Booth says that the idea of eating human flesh is sick. The sheriff is saying, you know what, this is sick. <laughs> Brennan doesn't get the hint. Instead, she's like, oh, yes. If you did eat human, raw human flesh, you would be sick. Yeah. And so, then cue their next scene at the, at the, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. We're going to be with Zach and Hodgins and Angela next, but eventually <laughs> we're going to get ahead of at the hospital. Because yes, we exactly. need to figure out if anyone is sick. Yeah. So that's what we learned. This, the point of the scene is to learn that. Yeah. If somebody eats humans, they get sick for sure. So what happens next? What's the next scene? Well, the other point is definitely to figure out how funny Booth and Brennan oh. and the sheriff are. <laughs> So funny. So I great. laughed so hard. <laughs> so funny. I did too. I'm just watching this poor sheriff try to eat a sandwich and I'm like, oh, poor guy. But he did it like the actor did a great job because he'd be like uh, trying to eat and then like, oh, <laughs> they kept saying something like, oh, like he almost stole the whole scene because he was just like so great. I don't oh, know, yeah. man. They got some good people in this one. Anyway, go on. A hundred percent. I agree. <laughs> So, yeah, so Angela, Zach, and Hodgins are back in the lab. They're looking over some evidence, and they're looking at, they're making some weird references, sorry, like uh, Angela's saying, oh, some somebody, because they're now, okay, yeah, this is a cannibal, blah, blah, blah. I should really stop saying blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of important <laughs> things. <laughs> but basically, she's saying, Angela's like, oh, someone gnawed on this arm, like some kind of man corn? No. Brennan would be looking at her like, can you stop? But she's not there, so that's fine. Oh, now, there's something about the Peruvian soccer team that crash landed in the Andes saying that human flesh tastes, tastes like frog legs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anyway, no ever... one needs to be eating human flesh. So Did you just... did you ever see the hear about that or re- watch the movie? I didn't watch the movie and I always wanted to watch it because I heard it was really good. Oh but it's God. really actually incredible what they went through. Yeah, I watched it. It uh, came out, well, in the 90s, I guess. And Ethan Hawke was in it. And I went to see it with my boyfriend at the theater at the time. My boyfriend at the time. That's how old I am. Anyway, so we went to the theater. <laughs> and my boyfriend, in the first scene when the plane was crashing. Spoiler alert, there's a plane crash scene. Anyway, he had some kind of visceral reaction to the plane crash and started having like almost like a seizure in the theater. That's so scary. And I was like, what is happening right now? And it was like his body was actually in the plane crash. Like he was actually, and it, he was like completely catatonic and in a plane crash. It was really crazy. And I, so I know scary. it sounds insane, but I was like, we had to leave the theater. I was like, yeah. we have to, like after the plane crash, I was like really worried about him. And I was like, we have to get out of here. And we eventually did go to see the movie again, but I was like, and he was fine the second time, but it was like this weird, I don't know what how to explain it, but it was like it was so the plane crash is very hard to watch. Like all plane crashes are, but it was yeah. like, but he had a real reaction to it. There was something that happened to him that he actually it was like he was experiencing it. It was very weird. That's so scary. Um, but yeah, the movie is pretty amazing. And yeah, I think I'm I would be like them too. I'd probably eat some people too if I had to, right? Yeah, if you had to, I guess. Lots of people have in the past. True. I have my notes about the 12th century or something. Brennan was talking about it. 
I'm just being honest, okay? We do not condone eating human flesh on this podcast, however. No, we don't. <laughs> I'm just saying. So basically this whole scene, they kind of just like, oh yeah, this is what's happening. There's a, there is a, I want to say a con man, but that's not what it is. There's a cannibal, <laughs> another C word. Yeah. So there's a, there's a cannibal and they're saying, okay, well, I'm going to make, Zach is going to make some castings. He's not going to get a full dental impression, but he's going to get something. Maybe they can figure out, like, if they can get some dental impressions down the road. Maybe they can match it to this. Um, Zach gets called out by some man because he's needed upstairs. Yeah. And Hodgins and Angela are alone. So Hodgins, obviously, what other question would he ask Angela while they're alone? Mm -hmm. If they were stuck in some crash... Like the Peruvian soccer team. Mm-hmm. Would Angela eat him or Zach? And although yeah. Angela doesn't respond, she gives him a look like, you know the answer. I don't know if that's the look. I just, I liked her response here because it was just like, she just kind of like sighed. She kind of went, <sighs> like, she's just, whatever. <laughs> like, I'm not going to. Like, why? Respond. Like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. Yeah, like it's like after Zach runs to get the package, but um, because they're all like Hodgins and Zach are waiting for the poop to arrive, and they're all excited because they're gonna see the the girl again, the delivery girl, the Tony, the hottie. Yeah, we I can't like call the... her sexy because that's Tessa. Uh, yeah, right. But um, I liked Angela's response to Hodgins in this situation. I so think then... that you read that a lot better than I did. My my reading on it was like you know the answer, and then I'm like I'm thinking about it, I'm like. But I don't know the answer. Would it be Zach or Hodgins? Mm. I feel like Hodgins, maybe, because he's more annoying. Well, it's about who's bigger. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe Hodgins might be a little... Meteor? Meteor. Not by much. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, I'm on so... to scene 16. <laughs> oh my god so the delivery lady delivery lady tony comes and she seems really disappointed that hodgins isn't there to sign for the package and zach actually successfully flirts with this person and she flirts back with him i don't want to get into de- do you want to get into details of this conversation because it was no like- i don't think it's necessary we find out zach is 24 and that this lady wants to eat him up that's yeah gross what a gross thing to say i feel like that's what people say to young children like when they pinch their cheeks oh i should just eat you up i say it about puppies kittens yes and babies exactly so well now we're back at the hospital oh that scene that i try to cut to like four scenes ago the (laughs) medical basement go on medical basement so (laughs) apparently this is another science learning opportunity there is something called uh, prion disease, which is kind of like Alzheimer's, but you get brain damage basically due to being a cannibal, causes some causes signs of like mental deterioration, deterioration, mm-hmm. delusions, erratic behavior, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, they're asking Rigby, uh, the so-called coroner, um, if they've if anyone in the town has been diagnosed with this disease and he's saying 
Um, no. Interesting, interestingly enough, as we predicted, Charlie had told everyone in town about there being a cannibal. Of course he did. Because he already knows about it. And Brennan's like, oh, shoot, like, what are the chances of keeping this quiet? And this guy's like, obviously, there's no chance. Everyone exactly. already knows. Small town, small town. So yeah. yeah, everybody knows there's a cannibal on the loose. So the next scene we have Zach. The it's supposed to gross us out, obviously. Or Zach? No, it's Hodgins. Yeah, it? yeah, Hodgins and Zach, and they're they're looking at the bear scat. They're looking at the poop and they're washing yeah. it to get all the crap out of it, and they're examining like what's inside the poop. And Hodgins is really upset about Zach cock blocking him again like they are just mad at each other for you know Hodgins is mad because Zach got to see the delivery lady and he didn't and anyway Zach is bragging about how she flirted back with him and they find a bunch of stuff in the poop they find and with you know along with like maybe a bone maybe this maybe that then they find this weird thing they can't really tell what it is but they uh, Hodgins picks it up. It looks like an interesting piece of evidence. He brings it over to a magnifying glass. He grabs the magnifying glass with his dirty bear poop covered glove. He friggin' touches this piece of equipment with his poop covered hand. COVID friendly. To look <laughs> at this thing. And they determine that's a piece of skin. With the remnants of a tattoo on it. Now, go on. What happens? Well, now we find out what Angela's true calling is. Because they say, we need a tattoo expert. Cutscene. Angela's looking at the tattoo. Apparently, she's an expert. She's an expert. So that's one of her many jobs at the Jeffersonian. Mm -hmm. So she's putting this... um, At this point, it, it seems like there's three pieces of skin that they have, actually. At when they in the last scene we just saw one so now there's three um they're putting together the skin they've come up with some sort of native design she's identifying it as um she's working on it but zach and hodgins are still bickering like old women in the background um saying like well she likes me more than you no she said i was sweet well i made her laugh blah 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 blah, yes. blah. there i go again and basically <laughs> Angela's like you know what Zach is the head on points she had said that he wants that she wants to eat him up and like end of discussion I'm working on redesigning this tattoo there it is yeah and then they end up in the next scene right so Angela has to send this sort of rendition of the tattoo that she's reconstructed to Brennan so she beams it to Brennan Beam me up, Scotty. (laughs) So they're on video chat or FaceTime or whatever you want to call it. So we've got Angela telling Brennan what the tattoo is. It's apparently a Haida tattoo. And And um, not a haiku, as the sheriff says. No, Haida is a a tribe actually from the West Coast. I know there's a huge Haida uh i don't know what to call it i'm sorry um there's a place called Haida Gwaii that mark's cousin lives oh, in yeah. or close to i think 
well on, on the west coast of bc yeah in the west coast they are probably the most i think i've talked about them before they're like the most profitable the richest tribe in probably the whole world really they're oh wow i didn't well know that off. yeah well they they're sitting on some very uh very valuable uh, um real estate for sure that's a uh, yeah some valuable stuff out there so wow they're doing okay <laughs> Um, so yeah, so she, they're on FaceTime or whatever. Angela's there telling them what the, the tattoo is. And Brennan's there with Booth and the sheriff on the videos. She's saying that I like this back and forth. So we see Angela and then we see the video of, uh, what she's seeing and Booth is funny. He's standing there kind of with his arms in front of him. And the sheriff is like very excited that there's an attractive woman on the video. And Brennan's like telling the sheriff to focus, like, focus like get it together she's three thousand miles away he's like flirting with her on the video it's so funny so then this really bothered me they booth and the sheriff go and try to find um a missing person that maybe had a tattoo that looked like this so they go to look in this picture book and Angela's on the video within uh earshot they can hear everything Angela's saying I'm assuming and Angela's giving Brennan a hard time about not getting laid while she's out there. Yeah. This is too much. Like when she says it in, in private, it's still inappropriate. But when she says it so that literally everyone can hear, it's too much. This is not like, how is this her best friend? <laughs> See, yeah. If my best friend did this to me, I'd be like, what are you doing? We're done. <laughs> like, I'm trying to conduct this investigation. There's a cannibal on the loose, and now you're trying to tell me to go have fun, get drunk, and get laid? Come on! Anyway, she, go on. I just wanted to point out, what happens in Aurora stays in Aurora is not a thing. <laughs> she tries. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> I, I just... It's upsetting because she like just reconstructed this tattoo, which is great. But now she's just reduced to this, this person. And then she also flirted with Booth over the thing, asking him if he had any tattoos. Remember? Oh yeah, she <sighs> she has flirted with Booth in every episode so far. Okay, but this this was the most. Uh, this was one, nah, not the most, but this was pretty straightforward. She's like, I've got a thing for tattoos. You got any? yeah like oh i thought you wanted him to sleep with brennan i know what is going on like backing back and forth with this girl she's flip-flopping i tell you so anyway uh, apparently apparently booth and the sheriff find this picture of a guy with who happens to have this exact tattoo on his arm so you everybody can see it in the picture <laughs> and this guy's name is adam um yeah and he's been missing for 10 days so, guy's only 22 he was only 22 years old yeah oh i didn't catch that and then they this weird thing goes on where uh the sheriff says they assume that sherman the ranger uh sherman rivers had something to do with his disappearance because he was supposed to come see sherman or something i don't yeah, know yeah that he was me? like hang that he would come and hang out with him every so often because he wanted to be a ranger something something like that right 
Right, right, right. So they go to Sherman's house to uh, just figure out, like, just suss out the situation. The sheriff asks Sherman for a cup of tea. So, and Booth's like, what are you doing? We don't want to ask him for a tea. We want to talk to him about the case. And the sheriff's like, no, look around the house. Get a feel for the guy, you know? This is so funny to me because they're, like, kind of starting to look around. And then temperance points at this raven and she goes oh the raven it's it's a cannibalistic she's saying it really loud yeah and you hear a big noise and sherman friggin takes off yeah this is she's so, all about not jumping to conclusions but she kind of jumped to conclusions a little bit she's like well th- this could definitely be indi- indicative that he's a cannibal well, this is another situation where Booth and Brennan are in a room and all the evidence is in the room for them to find. So. Yes. <laughs> because this is another example. This was an, an example of them trying to pinpoint, wait, or, or make us think, okay, is this guy the murderer? Mm-hmm. How about this guy? Yeah, the, this guy This guy is gone. He's out, that, he's out the back door. He's running. Mm-hmm. Booth has his flashlight. Well, he took the sheriff's flashlight. He's running out. He's the sheriff is basically it's just sitting there. Like, there's no way you're gonna catch him in the woods. <laughs> like, good luck. Like, I know, absolutely I know. not. <sighs> and so he's running after him. They're doing their own little investigation. Now the sheriff has gotten off his butt. Mm-hmm. They're opening cupboards. They're looking for a saw. They happen to find one. Mm-hmm. So now we're really thinking that maybe this is the guy. Which mm-hmm. he is the one that helped find the body. So anyway, I'm kind of going. I know. Maybe, but seems unusual. Yeah. So Booth and the sheriff are snooping around. They find a big locked, uh, <clears throat> big, huge chest freezer. So yeah. They break it open and they find a whole bunch of weird meat in the freezer. And they're not sure like what kind of meat it is. So they basically confiscate all this meat and they want to send it all to the lab to get tested. Yeah. And then what's the next the next scene? This is funny. Well, and poor Booth at that point, his flashlight's dead. He's just sulking. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sherman, Sherman got was away. right. He's not going to find that guy. <laughs> yeah, Sherman got away. Yeah, so now they're back, like you were saying. So scene 22, <laughs> in case you wanted to know. Um, we're back to Booth and Brennan inside their car. They're on the phone with Angela. Um, and they send a bunch of frozen meat by overnight air. Thank you, Charlie. I'm sure he told the entire uh, city about or the entire town about that. Mm-hmm. Um. But basically, they're chatting, and Booth is telling Brennan is t- telling Angela, not on speakerphone, telling Angela, "Oh yeah, Booth lost this guy in the woods." Do you think that the Angela's saying, "Well, do you think that the meat is human?" Brennan doesn't really know, which I thought was odd, because she's a forensic anthropologist. She works a lot with bones, but I would think she could identify human meat very quickly. I agree. But maybe not. That's fine. Anyway, Booth is a, is a bystander to this conversation. And he's getting pissed off because Brennan is making him look like an idiot. 
Yeah, his ego gets a little bit bruised here because she said he lost the suspect in the woods and Booth saying, no, my flashlight broke. I tell her I didn't lose the suspect. I couldn't see him. It was dark. Anyway, he was just trying to come to his own defenses. And then Brennan's being like, okay, so Booth wants you to know his flashlight was, you know, it wasn't his flashlight. His battery died. Anyway, it was just really. Everything's fine. He's a professional. That is really funny. One thing. Okay. One thing in this scene. Brennan pushes, keeps pushing Booth's hand away because she doesn't want him to have a cell phone. And her excuse is, it is not safe to drive and talk on the cell phone. Right. We have been saying this for three episodes that they should not be talking on their cell phone while driving. Uh huh. And now she brings it up. <laughs> right. Anyway. Well, somebody, just, I guess somebody said that they had to mention it, right? It's our PSA of the day. A little, yeah. A little public service announcement. Okay. So because they have to wait for all these test results, they have a bit of time on their hands. So. Angela says, go out, have a drink, have some fun. So Booth and Brennan end up at this local bar. The next this is a great have, scene. It's so funny. <laughs> I loved it. It's so funny. So Brennan, the next scene's like, um, sorry, they end up going to a bar, right? So she's dancing with Charlie and Charlie's still wearing his uniform. This is what's so Thank funny you. to me. They're all wearing their uniforms. They're here. all wearing their uniforms. <laughs> Do they not get changed? I know, right? They don't bother going home to get changed. They go straight to the bar after work. Oh, my God. So they're dancing in a weird way. And uh, he tells, Charlie tells Brennan that he used to climb with Adam, who's the victim who was found in the bear. And Brennan starts feeling up his arms and telling him how defined and hard his biceps are. (laughs) And, like, literally everyone's watching them. Like, we have uh, Booth and the sheriff having huge mugs of beer together. And then the doctor and the vet are together, like whispering, blah, 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 having drinks together. And they're all staring at Brennan. And then um, Charlie compliments Brennan's body. And then that's when the doctor comes over and cuts in. And they're all trying to, everybody's cutting in, trying to get information about this crime. And this. And they're all horrible dancers, like absolutely horrendous. When Charlie's dancing with her, it looks like he's on a horse. Like he's literally like galloping. He's trotting his body. Exactly. And the doctor comes over and grabs her like a weirdo. Like if someone grabbed me like that from behind and like hugged me really close and I literally just met you, like I'd be like, what the hell are you doing right now? It's so weird. Fortunately, that doesn't last for long, but she does get passed off to the sheriff. <laughs> well, yeah, not like not before she talks to the doctor about justifying sort of rationalizing cannibalism to the doctor. And yeah, that was weird. This, yeah. Then the sheriff comes in and cuts cuts in and tries to get more information from her about the bite marks and saying how they're colleagues. And you can tell me. And then Booth cuts in. And, but Booth uh, and Brennan dance well together. Oh, you're say. so funny. You've been shipping these people since the beginning. But oh, go on. since what the beginning. He... I love them. What is but she okay. saying to him? She says the most hilarious thing. Greg laughed. What so happened hard. to your shirt? Was that it? No, she said, everyone's pumping me. Oh my God, yes. And his face is like, what? And Booth is like, what? 
She's like, they're all want information about the case. And he's like, oh, oh, okay, yeah. They're it's they're hitting on you because you're the hottest thing this town has seen in a long time. Exactly. He's saying, Brennan, everybody is hitting on you. And she's like, what are you talking about? She had no idea. And then he points to the vet. Just said, look at this. She wants to fucking kill you, that vet. You she's you're you're making her so jealous because you're taking away her all her prospects here. <laughs> So what do we, next scene, what do we got? Next scene. After I was finished obsessing over Booth and Brennan's great chemistry as they danced together. (laughs) We moved on to Angela and Hodgins in the lab, looking at specimen under a microscope. And he's using some big words that I wrote down and I don't know why I did because I can't even pronounce them. Good job, Brittany. (laughs) Thank you. But basically, um, just like the words that I wrote down being useless, he's found a bunch of useless evidence. And basically, Angela is like, you know what? Why don't we get out of here? Why don't we just go and get something to eat? You're not having any luck right now anyway. And he turns her down and is like, no, no, no. I'm going to Zoom Zach tonight. Like the Indy 500 baby. Because I am going to catch this delivery woman yeah this is what their word is for cock blocking in this show today is zooming so there's zooming this is their it's really kind of funny anyway so they use zooming as the word for you know getting ahead of the other guy and flirting with this woman this scene to me was absolutely unnecessarily unnecessary just like the other scene where yeah uh, Zach had low self-esteem or felt inferior to Brennan. <clears throat> I don't know why this is here because he he does mention these mushrooms he's looking at, these specific mushrooms. I don't know. It had something to do with something else that happens later, I believe. It was a very quick scene. And then we move to Booth and Brennan and the sheriff who are tracking Sherman through the woods. This scene is so funny. Oh, my God. And we learned that Booth, that Brennan did not spend the night in her own room because she blew off Booth for breakfast. And is he happy yes. about it? No, he's not. Does he mention that he still has a girlfriend, Tessa? No, he does not. No. <laughs> yeah, he feels very slighted because he waited for her for breakfast and she didn't come. And his eggs got cold. Yeah. Cold eggs. We'll he was talk very about- unhappy about that. We'll talk about eggs later, but yeah, so they're walking through the thing, the same sort of river that they ran through the night before running after Sherman, and he's giving her the third degree about where she was, and they find a button that Booth left, and it was a Booth, I think Booth left. Yeah, that Booth had left, and it finally answers our question as to where the buttons on his shirt went. (laughs) (laughs) That's why his shirt was all wide open while they were dancing the night away. Mm-hmm. not open enough in my opinion regardless um True. so yeah he did that as a sort of little trail to um find sherman again and then oh darn it we have another scene before we get to the hilarious part do oh yes know? we do so we go back to the lab what happens even though hodgins had waited there all night had blown off angela to go for dinner he had slept through Tony, the haughty delivery lady, mm-hmm. 
um, coming by. So Zach ended up getting the package and Hodgins is all pissed off going, you torpedoed me. They have all sorts of different sayings for this. But he basically is like, well, if you want a war, I'm a warrior. Actually, that's not basically what he's, that is literally what he says. Oh my God. And this is where we find out that the digital machine thing that Angela has, where she recreates stuff, is called the Angelator. I didn't hear that. I highlighted it in my notes multiple times and bolded it. You're not fucking serious, are you? (laughs) I I did not hear her say that. That That's where she. That's where she gets the measurements for the saw. This is insane. Um, And she's saying, "Okay, say thank you to me." Yeah, the Angelator. That's a horrible name for such Mm. a beautiful scientific piece of equipment. But that's fine. Brutal. Um. So Hodgins is. Angela, I'm sorry. I I thought that this was funny. Hopefully you will too. But okay. <laughs> Hodgins says uh because she Angela is like, well, wait one second. She like notices how tired Hodgins is and she's like, Did you uh work all night? Hodgins says, Yes, I shaved the truffle. And Angela says, Is that like is that anything like spanking the oh monkey? Oh my god, yes. Greg was like shocked <laughs> by that. He was like I cannot believe, like you said, when did this get made? This is crazy. Is that, any, like, <laughs> is that anything like spanking the monkey? Hodgins doesn't even notice that she says that. He's just like, yeah, I found boring dust. God. No, what oh. he finds is, what does he find? He finds, this is where we find out about the Beatles. Yes, that this boring dust, which isn't boring dust. Like, it's not boring dust. It's actually called boring dust. Mm-hmm. But it's produced by beetles. So they know, they have an idea where the truffle grew on the tree. So they have an idea of where the cannibal had put the, had, had cut up the bodies. Yes. So they figure it's in this, a group of trees infested with these types of beetles that bore through the wood. Exactly. So... Then we go to my favorite scene. Yes. Take it away. Where they're still in the woods looking for Sherman, who ran away the night before. So Booth and Brendan, the sheriff, are uh, coming around the corner. And the comment was, the sheriff goes, oh, you'll never find him. Because he's a park ranger. He's a park ranger, right. You'll never find him in these woods. And then Booth comes around. They come around this corner and Booth goes, oh, there he is. The and guy's just sitting there. He's just <laughs> sitting there. And then the sheriff goes, oh, yeah, he must be doing some kind of Indian ritual. This is their words, not mine. Yes. And Booth goes, oh, yeah, waiting for us. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Booth and this, and in case you haven't notice booth and the sheriff hate each other yeah but you know what i bet you those two dave and that actor who plays the sheriff had the best time on this freaking oh 100 they probably laughed their asses off i would love to know like how they got along because these this scene is so funny to me it is uh so then they find then brennan and uh 
Oh, this made me laugh that Brennan got a call in the woods. I thought that was interesting that she had such good reception. I wrote down the exact same thing. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, so they tell her over the phone that the frozen meat is black bear. And Sherman gets arrested on the spot for poaching. They discover he's like the the poacher the sheriff's been looking for all this time. And then Hodgins and Zach tell her to look for the trees that are full of these beetles. So then Sherman puts on his thinking cap and he goes, oh, I'll tell you where those trees are, you know, if you let me go. Smart guy. Yeah, no, he's not dumb. So then uh, Sherman... Oh, this is where they make. Uh... Oh, right. And then Zach and Hodgins make some comment to Brennan about how they want her to send them more packages. And she's completely confused, just hangs up on them like, yeah, I'll let you know if more are coming. She has no idea. So you what happens? idiots. Yeah, what happens next? <laughs> what happens next is my confirmation that this sheriff is a racist. Yes. So basically he's trying to find out why um sherman was poaching and he's saying okay like you're selling to the japanese right the they they must pay a fortune for the bear meat because they take the gallbladders to fix up their pecker troubles (laughs) (sighs) anyway i think sherman said that no the sheriff did really yeah Okay. And Sherman's like, I'm not admitting anything. <laughs> so, yeah. So basically they were like, well, you're an idiot. If you hadn't kept all this stuff in the freezer, you wouldn't have been caught. You wouldn't have gotten caught. Mm. They keep walking. They keep walking. Sherman's uh, point is sending them, sending them to the, or giving them directions to this area where they're going to find the um, trees that Hodgins had described. And sure enough, Mm-hmm. cue the whooshing sound music <laughs> they have found a satanic stonehenge circle as who calls it yeah. so Sherman takes <laughs> them to this place and they find this weird stone thing this circle and then what what is it who says it booth is like could there be because i think that they're saying like brennan's like okay we might be looking for a shallow grave maybe and it would be disrupted by a hungry bear and booth's looking down at something and he's saying or maybe some kind of satanic stone chen circle and then it literally whooshes like the sound of the music is like whoosh and then we see this of what is supposed to be a pentastar but it's more like an asterisk because they ran out of stones or something mm-hmm. anyway there's a circle pattern made of stones mm-hmm. being shown mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and we then, start looking at him. Uh, the sheriff makes another reference to the a pop culture reference to the Blair Witch Project at this point. Because they're in the woods. There's this weird pentagram. And he goes, it's like the Blair Witch Project. And then she, Brennan again, says, "This is." I think this one, did this win an Oscar? It was just really popular. She doesn't know what the Blair Witch Project is. And, yeah. then, and then Booth. I love Booth. I love him. He like takes his glasses off and he goes, it's a horror movie, Brendan. Like he just trying to like, oh, he's so over her being so stupid about pop culture. And then the sheriff makes another thing where he goes, yeah, it was scary. Remember that bloody hand? <laughs> he's like, talking about the movie. 
they're just going on and poor Brennan is just trying to do her job. So funny. And uh, it's odd. Oh, sorry, go. Sorry, no. At, at this point, this is another point that doesn't make sense, like, from a communication standpoint. So, like, she picks up her phone again. Brennan gives another call. So she's calling Angela this time, and she's saying, I'm going to beam you some stills of what this, oh, what looks like an itru- ritualistic Indian site um, she's that we've just shit. come across. Yeah, she's just beaming shit. Yeah, Be- Like, she's just beaming. Th- is she beaming it from her phone this time? Anyway, sorry, you were going to say. Oh, no, just Sherman is in between Booth and the sheriff during this period, and he's looking at both of them like they're so stupid. He just cannot believe how dumb they are. Like, he just... Oh, yeah. Talking about the circle like it's like it's from the movie the Blair Witch Project and they start talking about how it's like some kind of Indian thing trying to figure it out and and they're he's just like oh my god what what am I like what do you think I am like they're they're basically asking Sherman what it is and this is Sherman made me laugh because he goes like what am I a shaman like yeah like, <laughs> what the hell do you think I know what this is since I'm an in, I'm a native person like screw you guys like <laughs> you idiots I thought he was so funny just the way he was just like god like 100 percent wait yeah he just kind so, of like doesn't take it to heart it's like oh boy these god, idiots just, things are so dumb but i want to know something happens here brennan finds something she yes. finds crucial some things how does she do that she starts kind of walking around and she claims that she finds so she finds bodies and the only reason she finds them, which they were buried in shallow graves, but the only reason that she finds them is because of waxy leaves. She notices waxy leaves, and somehow that means methane gas is leaching from the soil. Um, and then she finds the bodies very easily. But I don't know how she noticed waxy leaves so suddenly or so easily, but she did somehow just find them. I think that given how shallow those graves were, how close they were to those graves, you, I would have smelled those bodies. Yeah, I would think that there would be some sort of smell. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Well, so they, they find Adam, so the guy with the missing arm. Mm. So he is missing an arm, as we mentioned. Mm. And they find the other, the hiker in Noyes, who... Um, yeah, Sheriff, in your face, maybe she was an experienced hiker, but she just wasn't good at dealing with cannibals. Yeah, exactly. So, so she's missing her heart. So mm. they're each missing a crucial body part. Right. And in the next scene, when Goodman is looking at the photos, because that's where they beam them to, um, we find out that this is actually extremely important, the fact that they're both missing different body parts, because... They're doing some sort of ritual that Goodman is suggesting. Wait a minute. There might be two other victims coming, or we might already, or we might be missing two bodies because part of that weird satanic circle thing mm-hmm. would indicate that we should be finding um, a brain for knowledge and something for courage. I don't know what that was going to be. I don't know either. So the next scene I have written here, Brennan is using a, her dumb camera again. <laughs> and she's, <laughs> she's in the medical basement with the doctor talking about the victims with him. 
and she's determined that they were both shot uh, in the head at close range. And Greg noticed this. I noticed this. But Anne's boobs are insane in this. This victim, this woman's boobs, the way they have her cadaver, they're just sticking out like <laughs> Greg's like, geez, she's very perky for a dead woman. And <laughs> it's just like, I know it was kind of offensive the way they had her cold in there. <laughs> it was really crazy. While they're talking about shit that's happening in the medical basement, in the hallway, the sheriff and Booth are sort of interrogating Sherman. And Sherman, I think, still has his handcuffs on. Like, he's had these handcuffs on forever. And then uh, Sherman kind of divulges that Adam, both Adam and Charlie, have had uh, relationships or some kind of sort of yeah involvement with denise the vet he like it took him a minute to divulge this and then the sheriff (laughs) the sheriff goes full disclosure full disclosure i too have had some involvement romantic involvement with denise and then the sherman just starts laughing his ass off i just thought that was so funny sheriff's like what are you laughing about so basically, she's gotten all around town. Listen, I Denise is a good woman. I applaud her. I'm happy for her. I'm never going to slut shame a woman. Get, get it while you can. That's what I say. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, the next scene's so funny. Go. Next scene. So we end up at a bar. <laughs> Oh, by the way, at this point, they figure out they get a call. Sorry, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm jumping ahead. They get a call from Zach, and Zach says the mold from the apple doesn't match the mold from the apple that they took from Sherman's house. It doesn't match the teeth. um, Yeah, that they found. So you're good to go. Sherman gets his his handcuffs taken off. He fortunately had them on, so he was able to be privy to that entire conversation and is going. These guys. I know. (laughs) But now we get to actually talk to Denise in the next scene. And she has been drinking. And she is going on some sort of existential. She's having like an existential crisis. She's talking all philosophically about we consume or or we're consumed. And she's just going on. She doesn't want to take this mold that they're trying to get her to bite into because... She just is drunk and couldn't be bothered. <laughs> but she's just kind of going on. Denise is shit-faced at the bar. We're told we're, this is apparent because she has two martini glasses in front of her. Yes. And one or, of them is full. Lightweight. <laughs> lightweight. Okay. We find out that she was also sleeping with Adam, the guy that was missing the, uh, the arm. Mm-hmm. Um, she was sleeping with the sheriff. She was sleeping with, which we knew. She was sleeping with Dr. Rigby, the coroner. Charlie. Lots of people. That's fine. You do you, girl. And basically, she is so drunk. And they're like, okay, you know what? Like, even if we don't think that you're the cannibal, you are the suspect right now. Bite into this dental mold for the love of God, please and thank you. And she finally does it. After telling Brennan that there's a reason that she gets all the guys and Brennan doesn't when 
Right, because she said something about the bear autopsy, and she's like, "Oh yeah, she's like, it's called what's it called again? Necropsy. Necropsy. Yeah. So then the vet, the vet is great too. She's like, uh, "Yeah, there's a reason why I get all the guys," and then she bites down on the thing. Oh and, yeah. No, I don't think I've only ever done that biting down thing, like to get a uh, mouth guard. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't remember getting stuff all over me. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Like, it's all, like, creamy and stuff, right? Yeah, so I have had, because I had braces growing up, so I had braces, I've had retainers, I've had all the all the orthodontic equipment in my mouth. And I have had that dental mold multiple times. And I can tell you, <laughs> it is not pleasant. And it gets on your teeth. But this lady takes oh, the dental mold. She's got vodka to wash it down. Don't worry about it. takes a drink. Like it's nothing. Maybe she's that's got, my problem. She's got vodka. Have vodka. Yeah, you have to get vodka that'll wash everything away. Plus, it's a disinfectant in its own right. So true. Okay. Well, so here's a hilarious scene uh, where they leave uh, Booth and Brennan leave the bar after talking to the vet, and then of course there's another phone call from Zach and Angela, and they want to send her some beaming. They want to beam her some shit to her computer. So yes, she sets up her computer in the alleyway behind the bar on top of a garbage can or something. Yep. <laughs> this is at this point where I asked, "What the fuck is beaming?" Like seriously, I didn't. Because apparently, you can do on. it anywhere. You don't need a connection at all. Well, we can do that now, but back then, I was like, "What the hell's going on here?" True. So, what do we have here? So we're talking, so Brennan and Brennan gets Angela on the phone and they say, okay, we're going to beam you something. If anyone is looking, try to hide your screen. It's a little gruesome. Mm -hmm. And so they magnify the image that they're looking at and they notice that there are indentations that would appear to indicate that some sort of sternum spreader was used. And she's saying, how did I miss that? How did I miss this? And how did the coroner miss this? And then she has a, like light bulb moment yeah she goes we need to go (laughs) closes her computer yeah here we go (laughs) bang the computer then the next scene this is happens very quickly all this happens very fast oh yeah booth and brennan arrive at the medical basement and it's very dark in the hallway and they're like kind of sneaking down the hallway heading towards this morgue and this is she goes this is where I need a gun. Like she's mad because she's like, they're going to go to this doctor who they think is the murderer. And he's planning on murdering more people. And she's like, I need a gun. So then she, he bends over and he actually gives her his ankle gun. The gun. I was shocked that he did that. Very surprised, but he did it like, cause she's not wrong. Yeah. For self-defense, it would be good to have, I guess. Yeah, so murderer. He gives her a little gun and he says, only for self-defense. Don't start shooting when you walk in the door, right? So he's like just saying, calm down. And this is so, again, this is a comedic thing to me. They burst into the medical basement and there's no bodies. They The bodies are gone. And Brennan's like, oh my God, he's trying to get rid of the bodies. So then they go to this other room. This is where I was confused about what this building was and where they were. But I guess you're right. It was the morgue. But I didn't realize he's in another room trying to incinerate the bodies. Yes. 
do they have incinerators at these i guess in a small town they would maybe in a small town i feel like this is the hot well i guess a morgue depending on the facility a morgue would be in the basement of hospital but i feel like this wasn't a hospital and the morgue was in the basement and then they also have this incinerator i don't know but fortunately brennan stops him right it's very convenient that they walked in just as he's about to burn the bodies and i'm like why would great time not later earlier you know <laughs> like, yeah exactly a little quicker a little faster anyway booth's like you know hold it right there and then uh this is so funny because he doesn't continue pushing the body into the incinerator he stops to like basically try to rationalize and justify his actions by talking about this or that or you know just ranting and raving about his evil plan which is yeah you know like a cartoon at this point (laughs) and then she hits him over the head with a bedpan and it's like dying it makes a big noise and he falls down (laughs) my favorite part though this is where i think they had so much fun making this show because then Booth's like, why did you do that? Just like, I don't want to hear his dumb speech. Like, it's so dumb. And he's like, with a bedpan? And then she like throws the bedpan and kind of reacts to the sound it makes when it falls on the floor. That's why I think it was really funny. Like, oh, just- that was a great scene. <laughs> so like funny. bags for a gun. Bags for a gun. <laughs> and then hits him over the head with the bedpan. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Oh my god. Okay, we're last two scenes. You do this. We have caught the killer at this point. So now, obviously, we got to deal with our Tony, our sexy postal lady situation. Mm-hmm. So we're back at the lab. And Hodgins and Zach are waiting for Tony. And Angela walks up and is like, okay, you clash. She's like, this is like watching Clash of the Horny Titans. <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Oh. Tony's walking toward them. Now all three of them are in, our li- are in a line. Tony mm-hmm. notices this beautiful woman on the end. And is like, who's going to sign? And she gives the package to Angela to sign. And it just, it was great. I thought it was perfect. (laughs) It was perfect. And Hodgins being the perv that he is, is like, oh, this is so hot. This is way hotter than if they gave us the package. And then Zach doesn't understand because he's never seen porn, I guess. Uh, Which is (laughs) unbelievable to me because he's like a nerd who's been alone, had no friends. Okay, but never seen it? Sure. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, I just thought it was really, it was cute, but also it's it's too bad about the Hodgins thing because uh, it would have been funnier if Tony did it on purpose. Like, you know, screw these guys. I'm, you know, just like Oh, yeah. Because Tony, the delivery lady is saying, oh, well, whoever gets to sign this gets to go on a date with me kind of thing. So, yeah, Angela's like, okay, like, she's totally fine. She's like so flattered, like, oh, okay. (laughs) I'd be flattered if anyone did that to me right now. I mean, I'm basically invisible in this modern society, given my age, but it's like not true. Oh, no, I'm I want to write a book called The Incredible, like, it's calling the I want to call it like the disappearing act. It's like about middle-aged white ladies and how we're just like fade into the background and nobody notices us. So <laughs> I notice you, Kelly. <laughs> I didn't, it's okay. Seriously. Okay. What a great so, premise for a book, though. Anyway. So yeah, we're on the last scene now. Woo! The bear is dead. Poor Adam is dead. Unfortunately, the bear died, yes. Unfortunately. But we caught the killer. Mm-hmm. So now we're sitting with 
Booth and Brennan back in Aurora eating breakfast. Mm-hmm. And Brennan actually is kind of grateful that she actually came to this place. Mm. Um, in part because she had relations with Charlie, which she uh, makes pretty obvious by explaining his perfectly developed hips and thighs. Yeah. So I'm glad you picked that up. I didn't understand that that's what happened. I'm such a, I'm so dumb. Like I, okay. So she did go home with Charlie. Fun. I think so. Because there was a, there was that night that she went missing, not, not missing, but that morning that she just didn't show up and he tried to call her room and she wasn't there. Yeah. So I'm assuming that she was with someone and by her saying, Oh, I bet he's a great skier because he has hips and thighs that are perfectly developed for strength and maneuverability. Like, (laughs) um yeah okay so like he starts to eat his his steak and eggs but she's talking about cannibalism again yeah pushes his plate away like oh can't eat this and then she gets off that subject about coming back to ski in this town because whatever so he starts eating but then she starts talking about charlie's body and he's just like oh he puts his hands away he can't do it but I noticed his eggs were scrambled, and I'm just going to say it's awful. Scrambled eggs and steak is not a thing. You have no. to have them over easy or sunny side up. It's it's not yes. acceptable. I'd even accept poached, but not scrambled with No, steak. <laughs> I agree. I 100% agree with you. 100%. Come on, Booth. <laughs> Get it together. Don't drink milk at your dinner meal when your girlfriend is drinking wine. Oh my god! Don't have scrambled eggs with your steak. Hey, did we know? I didn't notice when he was. Oh, he was drinking coffee. That's right. So yeah. Um. Then she offers him. She's like, "Oh, you don't want to eat that. You want to eat? You want to eat my cornflakes?" And this is where the last scene where she offers it a couple of times. Like, come on, you want some? Like, you could tell they were about to burst into laughter at that oh yeah i was just like waiting for the the bloopers you know for sure so great ending great ending i loved it good button um what did you think i mean i think i know what you thought of this episode but tell me in brief what did you think i thought that it was it was a really nice light episode like the concept or the the topic of cannibalism you would think would make for a really heavy episode but they kept it really light um, they kept us guessing. I didn't think it was very obvious who the killer was from the get-go. Some episodes, when you're watching of these kind of crime shows, you're kind of going, okay, well, obviously it's this guy. Okay. Um, I didn't really find it to be obvious. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kept me entertained the whole episode, and it kept me laughing, which was awesome. Oh yeah. I think this might be my favorite episode we've watched so far. I'm How about you? you? I'm with yeah. you. I laughed so hard. The writing is so quippy. I'll tell you, I was looking up the writers. Um, There's like a couple of main writers. This one was written by a woman. And uh, it's also directed by a gentleman who's actually Canadian. He's from uh, Alberta, I believe, this guy. His name is Alan Croker. And he only directed nine or ten episodes in total of the whole series. So I'm really curious if we'll be able to p- pick them out based on the angles he uses, like those interesting shots he set up, especially in the truck with the sheriff and Brennan and Booth. I just thought that was really interesting. He has these shots where he has two or three people in a scene, maybe four, 
I just love how he sets up everybody in the scenes and the writing was so quippy. I just quip very, it was like, regardless of, you know, I don't know. I probably said some bad things in this episode. Like I don't, I didn't correct myself every time the, the native American stuff came up. I I'll apologize now, you know, but, um, and I'll re-listen and I'll probably feel bad about something I said, but I just, I love the Sherman Rivers character. I thought he was yes. so funny, but I, my, I was going to mention this too. This is what I wanted to talk about briefly was my reaction to Sherman. I don't know. I, part of me feels like he was really funny because he was like so over how stupid everybody was. But then I was like, is that also racist to put it on that character to deal with this bullshit you know what I mean like I just feel like is it we're just accepting the fact that this native person has to deal with this ignorance and it's funny you know and that he had to kind of laugh it off and yeah I don't know like that I was I think about that a lot like okay am I not seeing this the right way because like now we're left with this native but I kind of liked how he, he jokingly said like what am I a shaman like yeah he pointing out the fact that everyone assumes that he's like the great wise native person but he's like no I'm just the ranger like leave me alone <laughs> exactly <laughs> like don't assume things about me <laughs> yeah I just love that character I thought all the ca- characters were amazing like the they were Char- Charlie was so funny uh, the vet, she was drunk in the afternoon at the bar. I thought that was the yeah. sheriff was. Del- I thought the sheriff guy was stealing scenes left, right, and hundred percent. Yeah, the just- cast was the casting was done really well. They didn't. They allowed us to see, even though technically this episode was set away from the lab, we still had opportunities. They, they created a reason other than just like lab work to kind of yeah. come back to. Angela, um, Zach, and Hodgins, which I thought was cool. Right. I, I'm, you have not convinced me that that whole storyline was worth it, <laughs> except obviously the end was the whole point. Like, I mean, yes. and being the, the big joke, but then ruined by Hodgins because of his weird, whatever. his ignorance. Well, just like, um, oh, it's so hot. Like, it's like, okay, you're basic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that's a perfect explanation. I did not know that the director was from from Alberta. Well, I, yeah, I was reading about him a little bit and what he's directed in the past. And I'm under what I read was that he has directed Star Trek episodes and Star oh, Trek movies. Yeah, that's interesting. the The reason I the reason I kind of sort of really zoned in on the fact he's from Alberta is this episode was actually filmed in Banff. Oh, so it was yeah. filmed in Banff National Park in Alberta. So I wonder if he sort of had the image in his in his mind, like I know a perfect place for this episode. I didn't know that. That's great to know, actually. Yeah. That's wonderful. So I love to hear that, that it was filmed actually on location. So that's really cool. I thought, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Well, yeah. I had looked it up because Mark and I went for our honeymoon. We went out west. Like we did a little road trip out there. And when I was watching this episode, it reminded me actually of Jasper. So I was a little bit off. But when I looked it up, then I saw that it was actually Banff, mm-hmm. um, which actually it surprised me because I think more recently they there's a lot of filming being done in Canada. Right. But I don't think that that was that popular back at this point. This episode aired, I think, 15 years ago. Well, 
Um, I think the West Coast was like the Hollywood of Canada at that point. And Banff okay. actually has a massive like uh, like a film program out there and a film oh, great. institute. I might be stood, I might stand to be corrected, but I think Norman Jewison, who is a very famous Canadian director, started something out in Banff uh, having to do with film, the film industry. But I mean, the X Files was filmed in Vancouver. You had yeah, Star Galactica. They had all those things being filmed out west. So it's yeah. not that far off, but it certainly was before Toronto became more yeah. popular as a filming uh, hub. You know, yeah, Toronto's become more, way more popular in the last like five years. Huge. Even just Massive. some of the shows when we're watching them, we're like, oh, this is filmed in Toronto. We're like oh, trying yeah. to find yeah, yeah, yeah. locations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's fun to like, and I, and Greg's really good at pointing them out. Cause he, he's lived here all his life. He knows everything about the city. He's traveled everywhere. He all yeah. across Ontario and he can like, Oh, that's that. That's that. He can point things out all the time. So I think it's really fun. That's but, cool. Yeah. Overall, I love this episode and I just, I just, it was so funny. I laughed so much. I thought it was great. And I love doing this show with you. Thank you so much. Agreed. Thank you. This is awesome. Thanks for listening to Squintcast with me, Kelly Booth, and my and your new friend, Brittany Elsner. The Bones theme is performed by The Crystal Method. They can be found on Instagram and YouTube at The Crystal Method and at thecrystalmethod.com. Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany can be found at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time.